You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about another one of Marvel's Ditsy Plus series when we talk about Loki. But before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. So starting off, you know her as our resident uh, expert on cryptids and Star Wars, and that is my buddy, Corey. How are you doing, Corey? I am doing great and happy to be here, as always. Oh, Good. So, Corey, since the last time you were on the episode, <laughs> how have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing doing great, doing great. Actually, uh, our Culture Cryptids is officially going to be off hiatus. So oh, okay. that is the newest development. So I will get to talk about uh, nerdy monsters and things like that soon again. Uh, Although you were is- on this show to talk about nerdy monsters just the other yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was like, not that that's so much different than the nerdy monsters I have been talking about with you. So, yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works out. You do a podcast Weird. on the subject. You're invited on a show to talk about it. You know, yeah. you know, who, who knew? Who knew that's how the world worked? <laughs> So, of course, we were talking offline uh, about the fact that you're still going to Dragon Con. And so I'm just curious, what costumes are you doing for Dragon Con? So, funnily enough, I am doing a, uh, a Mothman attire outfit to, to do for the show, um, which kind of evolved into like, we were going to do like a full cryptid group, but I think we're going we're gonna to save it for like mm. next year. But yeah, I bought these like I have these beautiful screen printed wings. So I'm, we're, I, Mothman's going to be there at Dragon Con, like as long as I'm there. It's going to be ridiculous. It's, it's going to be silly, but I'm here for it. Um, I'm also working on an, uh, from Supergiant Games Hades. I'm working on an Artemis for that because she is a really pretty goddess. And I'm excited to do that. I'm doing a Resident Evil costume from Village. Uh, I'm going to do one of the creepy vampire daughters because I am not tall enough to do the tall lady. Um, if I was, you know, I would be the tall lady, but mm. I'm too short. So my tall friend is going to be the tall lady and I'm just going to follow her around and be short. And other than that, like it's, it's kind of just like, oh, and we're doing uh, Among Us because I think everybody's doing Among Us and it's an easy this year. It's like it's, since things are kind of in flux and everything's mm. kind of changing, we're doing real easy costumes. I'm not okay. doing anything. What is your color? Uh, I'm black, of course. Okay. <laughs> That's color. There's, yeah, there's no color darker than black. So, like, here we go. Like, it's I gotta live my my uh, goth. What is it? Goth wine ant is the vibe that I give off a lot. So mm. I'm just gonna translate that into all of my costumes. It's fine. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, I was curious because yeah, I know you were saying that you weren't doing as many as you normally do, but I was curious what you were doing. But your your Mothman though isn't based on Mothra at all, right? No, it's not a Mothra. I'm like 
I'm going to tell you that if, if I can find a way to do a couture Godzilla and like Mothra and do all the kaiju, <laughs> it's been in the works for a couple of years. It's I really want to get the designs right before I start to have to make anything couture because mm. that's a lot. It's a lot of work, but it's something that I really want to do. I would love to do a Mothra costume. But if I did that, like, so my idea is what I really want to do is get um, people to dress as cardboard versions of the Dragon Con hotels and be Godzilla <laughs> and chase them through the hotel lobbies. That is what I would like to do as a costume. Now That is that amazing. Might, <laughs> it might happen someday. So if I see someone else do it, I'm going to be mad. And I know you listen to this. But we keep like trying to get it together, but like building the Dragon Con hotels out of cardboard is a, a much harder job than it seems because mm-hmm. you have to put the little spinny thing on the top of the Hyatt and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But um, one day I'm going to be Godzilla and chase around a bunch of hotels. It's going to be great. <laughs> that is but, great. You know. <laughs> that is an amazing idea. I love that. <laughs> I think that's perfect. And then I can be chased by a Mothra and like. <laughs> The Japanese Defense Force, like we have people dress up like it's a whole group. You just run through the Marriott. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I look forward to that. And definitely I want to see pictures if you ever do that. One day. (laughs) All right. It was great to have you back on the show, Corey. All right. Next up is someone who has kind of become almost our resident Marvel person, uh, which I guess is fitting because I met her on a Marvel panel and she is a writer. And that is my friend, Allie. How are you doing, Allie? I'm doing pretty good. And what have you been up to since the last time you were on the show? Um, <clears throat> actually, I've been writing about Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> funny um, how that happens. Yeah, funny. Uh, I am now doing um, features for Slash Film. And so I've written about Star Wars and I've written about Marvel and uh, the Umbrella Academy. And we'll see what else I can grab from them. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, getting to actually like write about all of the geeky stuff. And I now I'm like, I'm a professional nerd. (laughs) You're living the dream. I'm living the dream. I'm very excited. Um, But yeah, this is, this has definitely uh, been a lot of fun to do. Oh, very cool. All right. Yeah. And so you're going to Dragon Con too, right? I am. uh, I am going to very carefully go to the panels that I am sitting on and (laughs) avoiding the crowds as much as possible. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, it's kind of crazy trying to imagine what Dragon Con is going to be like this year because, uh, you know, it's usually such a social event and, you know, a lot of people are going to go, but then, like, refrain from doing the social part of it. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, what what is that going to look like, you know? It'll, so, yeah, it'll be very different and and very strange. Like, in some ways it's going, because since they'll have the attendance cap, that it will be a return to the past. I think, you know, it, the crowds wise will remind me of, of many, many years ago, but the vibe is going to be very different. I think people are going to be more cautious or at least more standoffish about how close they get to each other or what kind of interaction they're having. And it's not going to feel quite like the party it normally would. This isn't this doesn't feel like it's going to be a celebration of the things that we have worked our way through and now we can go party. This is, all of us are going to be like, yes, we're still in the pandemic though. So we need to be cautious and careful and it'll be, it'll be very different, but I'm, I'm optimistic 
or trying to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you still have a good time. Hopefully, both I think still that I still time. will have a good time. I, I go with a group of friends and if nothing else, we will sit in our hotel room and play board games and enjoy each other's company. Well, that's good. That's definitely cool. But uh, yeah, it's good to have you back on the show, Allie. And yeah, like I said, I hope that uh, things things work out well at DragonCon yes. this year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, you know him as the guy that hates Pluto. He is the man that you love to hate. And that is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? Everyone loves me. I don't know why you say these terrible things about me. I'm a lovable person, Nathan. You know. Well, I mean... <laughs> From, from the, the mirror astronomy. universe that you come from, you know, maybe know. that makes sense. <laughs> the other variants of me are Yeah, the other variants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Ryan, actually, ironically, I think you're the one that's been on the show. Well, it's been the longest since you've been on the show, even though you're usually the one who's been on the most recent. So uh, how have things been going for you since the last time you were on? Uh, you know, hanging in there. Um, I'm afraid I'm the uh, the naysayer, the party pooper, because I'm the I'm the one of the group here who's not going to go to Dragon Con this year. We've uh, thrown in the towel on that one. And and frankly, listening to everyone else here, I realize that my faith in humanity is much lower than everyone else's. <laughs> oh man, you're so easily so. I mean, the pandemics, hurricanes, I know. like Ryan, you just get out on Dragon Con, the lightest stuff. Yeah, you know, cities underwater, airports are closed. Oh, see. You know, a you real can swim, can't you? Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, global pandemic, psh, whatever. You know, could have swum that year, right? I could have. I could have. You know, I, I. And here's the thing: I, what's a couple of alligator bites, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm yeah. just not a real fan. You know, you're gatekeeping me, Nathan. You right? know? <laughs> yeah, you're not a real Dragon Con fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so yeah i know i I get it so you're yeah i mean i i get it i mean i was going to go back in 2020 you know even i was going to take the financial hit and try to do it two years in a row uh but then of course covid hit and then it was like they were like do you want to roll it over to 2021 or do you want a refund and i was like i'll take the refund thank you and so yeah that's the (laughs) that's where i'm at hindsight i kind of wish i had done that too but you know i don't Mm. mind i don't mind giving my money to dragon con it's just i want yeah, still trying to find a way to get do something for the hotels. I'm hoping, I know the, um, I can't remember if it's the Hyatt or the Hilton, but they just announced, uh, I think up to today, they were giving people with reservations a chance for a refund. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping the Marriott uh, finds some compassion. I did shame them uh, when Hurricane Harvey hit and I couldn't go uh, in 2017. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're really going to take the money from a guy stuck in a hurricane? I'm hoping I can do it again, um, you know, this year, but we'll see, you know. But uh, other than that, I mean, even even at that, it's just, it's, uh, uh, what are you going to do? You know, but I will be uh, watching all the videos and eating all the Dairy Queen blizzards I can. And, you know, just from home. You know, you know Ryan, you know what you can do with those four days? <laughs> Eat all the Dairy Queen blizzards, Nathan. Well, no, that too, that too. But yeah, this this won't hurt that. Just this won't throw, affect that. Yeah, you can work on your website. Yeah, I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to do that, I have to remember the answers to my security questions. <laughs> Has it really been so long that you no. haven't? <laughs> Luckily, Google saves my passwords. For oh. me. Probably not the best thing. You know? <laughs> 
you know, that hasn't been updated since like Dragon Con 2019. You know, yeah. so you go in there. <laughs> there's quite a bit that you could put in there about 42 cast episodes you've been on and stuff and, like that. And, and, and you can finish to, those yeah. reviews from like three or four years ago <laughs> that you started and never finished. Like Mandalorian season one review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like the last thing I put up was my predictions of what the Mandalorian was going to be like. And I was right for what that's worth, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I've got um actually, yeah, well, for Dragon Con, I've still got all that time off, but actually even more because I take time off on both ends. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah i do actually have plans to brush off the dust and you know maybe see what i can do i'll probably what's gonna happen i'll tell you right now what's gonna happen is i'm gonna log into it and not like the theme and then spend the entire vacation you know just changing the appearance (laughs) all right well i mean at least you're gonna get something done there There so yeah (laughs) all right let's get to have you back on the show ryan it's good to be back all right and next up it's time for our five minute controversy and what this is, is just a way for us to talk before we talk about the topic, about something that's going on in the Geekosphere. Gives you a little insight into something that we think about what's going on that isn't about the topic. Also lets us loosen up a little bit. And this time it is kind of, I, I did actually have to look a little bit around for this one because there wasn't anything just off the top of my head that I was like, oh yeah, I see people talking about this. And so there's a thing that's been happening because as of the time of this recording, the first episode of What If has dropped. And of course, in that, it's the what if scenario where what if um, Peggy Carter uh, had gotten the super soldier serum instead of Steve. And um, and and so uh, Marvel on the Twitter account for Captain America has changed it from Sam Wilson to Peggy Carter theme. And uh, some people have gotten very upset about that. They have said that basically they're trying to, like, it was a black man for just, like, a month, and Marvel couldn't wait to, like, change it to a white woman. (laughs) So, um, you know, obviously they're advertising for what if, uh, but people feel that that's still, uh, you know, a slap in the face uh, to Sam Wilson. And so I'm just kind of curious how everybody feels about that. So uh, let's start with you on this one, Allie. Um. I mean, to me, it seems pretty obvious that it's just a promotion for what if. So I didn't blink about it, but I do understand people who are complaining about it because I think there was a lot of people who weren't really sure if they would let Sam be cap. So I definitely understand where people are coming from, but I also urge them to like, calm down. I think it's going to be fine. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that they're going to change it back. He's got a whole movie coming out. <laughs> like, right. like they're gonna have to promote that one too. Um, I did see someone suggest uh, perhaps they should have just made a Captain Carter account, especially mm-hmm. since it sounds like the character will be continuing on beyond the season of What If? And if so, yeah, why didn't they just make an account for her? That would be fine. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, we just need to be calm. Sam will be back. <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, I, it's it's a non-troversy, um, in, in my opinion. Um, it, it's now it could be, the question I ask myself is, if Steve Rogers was still Captain America, would they have done this? And the answer is yes. It is it's purely a promotional thing. I, I get representation, and you know, um, I, I get how at first blush it can look like, oh, this is a complete replacement. But that only that that logic fails when you realize that. It's just for one episode. It's a one-off, you know. It's mm. uh, literally just for promotional purposes. Now, um, I, I can see, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they do. I think, as a matter of fact, I think they have started 
no, they haven't started her own Twitter account. But I can see where they will. Um, but, you know, why... The, the official one has X amount of followers. I can totally see wanting just to jump on that um, to push What If. I expect What If is going to have... Because it's animated, because it's, you know, one, in individual episodes, it's going to have an uphill battle for viewership of all, the, I think, the Disney Plus uh, series. So they're doing everything they can to push it. So I, I'm fine with it. Uh, I understand people who, are, who might get upset about it, but I think nine out of ten of them probably don't realize it's just a temporary promotional uh, stunt. All right. And Corey? I, so I think I, I agree with a lot of, like, this is just a temporary thing, but... I think if you take this event in a vacuum, I think it's it's hard to understand why people are upset because it does seem like such a non-issue. But when you look at the larger scale of how black superheroes are treated in general and and how like even just general like non-white superheroes and especially by Marvel and these the big companies that it does seem like it's poor timing for a lot of people. And and again, in a vacuum, it's not a big deal, but people looking at this overall is seeing all of these things kind of happen that finally there is this character who they see themselves as and this is important to them and then a month later it's oh is this a blip because like what happens afterwards and i think i think once marvel removes that the you know captain carter from and again it is the captain america account so Mm -hmm. it is like people are making the point that's like Captain Carter, she's Captain Britain, which is you know a whole other thing that people are, are complaining about. Her being, I know, which is yeah, a that, whole that other, actually creates like, Marvel, another problem. But yeah, that's... like yeah, can of worms. And I should point out, like I haven't seen the episode yet. Like I'm just oh, okay. a little bit behind with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do plan on watching it. I just haven't watched it yet. But uh, so I think that that's kind of the issue too. It's like, but she's not even Captain America. Like why is she here? And I don't think that it is even a big issue on Twitter. The way that some of the media has portrayed it to be. I think there are far fewer people like making an issue out of it, but I do understand that compounding a thing after a thing, why people would be like, okay, but you are gonna put it back, you know? And I think once it goes back, people are gonna be fine. Like, I, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of issues as, as long as they put it back. That's my stance on it. Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing, Corey. And, and that's the, a lot of the reporting has been very, um, um, you know, condescending about the people complaining mm-hmm. about this. And I think that that's kind of the problem and that I think that people are legitimately upset. I don't think it's people like they, a lot of people have turned this into like a gender issue. People who can't stand that it's a woman, um, that's, on, you that's know, not on the, the Twitter issue. account, but it's not what it is. It's a, it's a, it is an issue with, like you say, with people who finally got a Captain America that they can relate to. And then they're upset that it was changed to, uh, you know, a white person, even though, yes, it's a woman. So there might be other people who are excited about that, you know, uh, because they see, uh, you know, a woman uh, representing that character or that idea of that. I get that it's a British flag yeah. and everything. There's a whole, <laughs> thing. There's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. And, and so there might be some excitement there amongst other people, but also, you know, it is taking away something from other people who were excited just before. So I think it is a little more nuanced than people are giving it credit for. The thing I'm curious about is I think the next episode, if it's not the next episode, it's one of the ones coming up is what if um, T'Challa had become Star-Lord? And Mm -hmm. so I wonder, are they going to change the Star-Lord account to be T'Challa? 
And if that's the case, and if they're being fair about it, just like they were with this as a way of promoting it and just being like, then I'd say like, look, they took a white character and then replaced it with a, you know, a person of color. And, and you know, it's, it's just, they're just doing a promotional thing. That'll be a, a you know, a, a different kind of situation. But if it's just in this case that they're doing it, you know, it'll seem a little bit like, why, why just target this one? And why didn't you do it? with the other different what ifs that you're doing and so um i'll be curious to see what they do there i hope this week makes them it if they weren't originally thinking about it i hope that they do it now because <laughs> right. yep. i yeah, do same. like i do think that sends a very different message or a concerning message if they don't do it mm -hmm. I, I think that they absolutely need to and i think they should for every character who they are completely changing who who took up the mantle Mm -hmm. um you know yeah i think that's important <laughs> yeah you, you started this so you you better finish yeah. it it's kind right. of what they've done now because if you're not going to treat everyone fairly then like maybe you just shouldn't have done it at all like i don't know yeah. if i was marvel if i would have done it at all like i'm going to be honest mm -hmm. with you i probably have been like no it's fine we'll just promote it but there's no reason to change the icon but uh yeah someone made that decision and um <laughs> that it's, it's done now like that's so maybe they should change it back <laughs> yeah yeah I, that's yeah. the thing as long as they're consistent i think there's a very reasonable yeah. argument to just say like look it's just for a week while that episode is going on mm -hmm. we're just changing it we'll mm -hmm. change it back we're doing it for all of them you know and i think that's a lot less of an issue than it's just like why did you just do it for the person of color to racing them you know and not you know for anyone else so i hope yeah. i hope also that they don't just go because i mean i would imagine that the captain america twitter account probably has more followers than the star lord twitter account but I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know, I mean, but, the, the but I just would imagine. The movies have been super duper popular, like way more than anything else. So I don't know. Um, but, but potentially, you know, mm -hmm. I would hope that it's not just the numbers that they're playing. I hope that they consider what they're doing <laughs> by, by swapping out the character and what, what message that they're sending. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I think, I think that Corey's completely right that it's not as big an issue as people are saying, but I also think that it's kind of unfair to be condescending to the people who have spoken out against it, because I think it is something that does send a problematic message. Um, and, and yeah, like, just like you said, Corey, why not just create additional accounts? You don't have to create, <laughs> you don't have to change the existing one. <laughs> And it is like, again, in a, in a vacuum, if this was just one thing that they had done, it, it's not a big deal. But I think overall, given the kind of situation with Marvel superheroes and, you know, representation and issues that have been, people have been talking about for a while about things, it becomes more of a look at this kind of statement to be like, what are, what are we saying here? And just to be aware of more than people are actually like furious and, you know, nobody's boycotting Marvel over this. Like, at least not that I have seen, I should point out. Maybe some people are, but like, I haven't seen it. This is more just a pointing out that this is a thing like, hey, is this the message you want to send? Well, I mean, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say, um, this bothers me for X reasons. And yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's absolutely fair and everything. But I, I just get the impression that, and this is not just true for this issue, but true for pretty much everything on the internet. I feel like 80% of it is really just clickbait uh, indignation. And um, I, I guess what I can, I can already see the backlash coming here when it does get changed back. And then they're going to be, be, be you know, the other side is going to be people like, Oh, look, they bowed under peer pressure because they're so woke or whatever, or something like that. And it's just, 
it never ends, you know? So maybe, yeah, maybe the best thing would have been not to do it at all. Um, but uh, I, it's ultimately Marvel and Disney are about money. And they, they, the only way we're going to get uh, season two of what if is if uh, the ratings are good, you know? So I yeah. don't know, that's what they're thinking about. Yeah. Well, that's fair. But, but yeah, I think, I think we're all kind of like coming at this from slightly different directions, but we're all mostly in agreement on it, that it's not a huge issue, but you know, there is, there is, there, there are some takeaways here that I think that they can learn from and hopefully to, to, you know, not ruffle uh, feathers with people that, um, you know, for representation purposes. So, um, but yeah, so that's it for the five minute controversy. It's one that almost was actually within the time frame for once. Uh, <laughs> we can fix that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um so now uh we're going to talk about loki of course but first we're going to pause for a, a promo for another five podcast hey you know how you don't have any friends it's fine the flopcast will be your friend your weird podcast friend join us on the flopcast every week for a silly conversation about cartoons, music, comic books, chickens, and obscure 80s pop culture trivia that no one, literally no one, could possibly care about. Find us at flopcast.net and on the ESO network. It'll be our little secret. about at the top of the show we are talking about loki season one i have to throw that in there because at the end of the show they told us that there's going to be a season two which apparently was a surprise to everyone involved with the actual series spoiler (laughs) (laughs) but yes i'm going to do the thing that i never do and i always forget to do is there will be spoilers in this episode (laughs) so um yes if you don't want to be spoiled on loki first of all why did you click on an episode called loki uh, but second of all, uh, you might want to go watch the series uh, before you listen to this, um, because, yeah, we will be talking all about it. All right. But, yeah, um, I guess uh, starting off. I'm going to ask because, you know, one of the things about Infinity War was that we had a scene where Loki was very obviously killed. And they made a big point, almost drawing arrows to Thanos saying, no resurrections, you know? And so it seemed like they were going to stick with their guns on, and and yes, technically I understand. As a variant, he is not a resurrected version of Loki from Infinity War. So they are technically correct. It still seems to be kind of a, really guys, you said for once you weren't gonna bring a character back. Now you are bringing a character back, uh, you know, so I'm just kind of curious how people feel about the fact that we're even getting a series about Loki. Um, so let's start with you on this one, Ryan. I don't have a problem with it. If you've grown up reading comic books, you know no one's dead um, ever. Um, uh, so yeah, but I, see, I hate that argument because like that's one of the things I hated about comics. And so it was like, even though I read them, I was always like, oh man, this is so hokey. I hate this, you know? So I mean, like, it's not a good argument. <laughs> but the MCU hasn't been any better. Uh, I mean, name with very rare exceptions, 
no one stays dead even in the mcu i mean bucky you know i mean start you know no no one uh so in and of itself that's not really surprising um i also feel like it's it this it's a good example of just the the big plan that they have because yeah you had this uh end game not a uh, loophole where they had a, the variant loki you know disappear mm-hmm. thanks to the tesseract and like it, that, was, that was a funny type thing oh look this propels our characters to go to this other side quest and everything but at the time it was just to advance that storyline and but us being you know the hardcore fans we were like well no now loki's out there with the tesseract and we need to know what happens to him and so it's like it's almost like it was just you know closing a a loose end um but they've made it so much more and i I know that was a plan from the beginning because that's how they operate so i don't have a problem with it and plus at the same time it's loki never trust loki's dead like well if they had it narratively zoomed in on thanos going no resurrections and that seemed to be like an almost authorial voice speaking from on side saying this time it's real folks I wouldn't have had as much of a problem with it, but I feel like that is like the MCU cheating because it's like, you know, you had the like authorial voice saying it. And then it's like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Or, you know, we're going to, we're going to do what we always do. So. I think you might be alone on this one. We'll All right. yeah, I find it. I found that very annoying. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Corey, what do you think? I, I, it doesn't bother me. Again, it really doesn't bother me. I think that I I understand why people could be upset if you think that death is permanent and in any sort of franchise movie like this. But in in Marvel specifically, death is death is not permanent. I unless you're Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, well I was gonna say unless you want to get out of your contract. <laughs> fair, fair. But like I, I think that I think in this case too, like Loki is an incredibly popular character an incredibly popular character. And I think that given the fact that both the character is very popular and it's played by Tom Hiddleston, who is very, very popular, Mm -hmm. that them killing the character off like that does remove him from the Thor movies for the foreseeable future. Maybe, maybe not. I don't really know. Um, But it does open up avenues in this case for them to be able to do more things with him, especially when you start to pull in some of the concepts of this TV show so that you can take him out of films and let him be in television, which I think Hiddleston's always been pretty good at, too, if you've seen any of the TV show season. I think that that allows a little more time for him to develop as a an interesting character. So I didn't I didn't Uh, bother me. should, Should I spoil you, Corey? What? He's confirmed for both Doctor yeah. Strange 2 and Thor. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm not mad Thunder, about it. So you should just say, yeah, like uh, it's Love and Thunder. Yeah, um, I'm not mad about that. All right, bring it on. Because I I hate saying this because I think that like a lot of like Loki fans are like, and if you are this Loki fan, there is nothing wrong with being this Loki fan. They're like Hiddleston's so hot. And I, I get it. That's your thing. Um, I just love chaos gremlins okay as characters like chaos gremlins are my favorite so i'm all for as much loki as you would like to give me please give it to me so that's where i stand all right (laughs) um i i am definitely on the opposite side (laughs) because i don't like how they used loki initially in the mcu um give me ragnarok loki that's the loki that i recognize from the comics that's the one that i that i enjoyed watching the most. Um, So for me, 
I was fine with them doing a show about Loki and way, way more invested when I heard it was about time travel. I really like time travel, <laughs> but I was kind of disappointed when we found out that we were getting 2012 Loki, which I didn't like that take. <laughs> and um, I've got thoughts about the way that they have progressed that version of the character that I'll get to when we start talking about the, the show. But as for the death itself, I was not the least bit surprised that Loki was not dead. That is his MO. So not surprised that he came back. <laughs> um, I actually was more surprised that they were like, he's dead. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was the thing that was surprising to me was that they would actually like kill him. Um, yeah, people getting out of their contracts. No, they're dead. They're they're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've I've probably like written and spoken like whole treatises on the idea of you can't have drama if death is not permanent um, and the threat of death is not you know real um, you know and and so it's always been a problem for me in general with comics it's the reason why I stopped reading comics eventually was they started bringing back too many characters and I felt like the reset button was pushed too many times because I felt like well nothing that I read actually matters and in fact none of these characters should ever be worried about anything because everything goes in a big merry-go-round loop where you know it's like oh none of these bad consequences ever have any permanency to them um so you know I, I i feel like that's a problem and i feel like it's a narrative problem but no i mean i get it i mean i i thought for sure if they wouldn't have put that line in there if they didn't intend for it to be permanent um and that's the part that i question the most is just because why even put that line in there? That should be, that that's the thing. They should have just not had that line. And then it wouldn't have been any surprise at all. Because of course, every movie ends with Loki dying and then he turns up again. You know, <laughs> I mean, like he's fine. Right, exactly. Or seeming to die, you know. Um, but uh anyway. Um I, wait, wait, do you so when you watch the movie, do you genuinely think there's a chance that the villain's gonna win? I mean, you know going in that the drama, the high stakes. I mean, you know, it's going to end with the good guys winning. I uh, mean, yes, in general, in American culture, yes. And I, I laud every time that they don't do that, which is very rare, but I love it when the bad guys win or the good guys all die or anything like that. <laughs> I think that it's a brave choice and I wish more things did it just because I feel like we shouldn't always get the good guys winning. But, you know, it's it's one of those things uh, that um, was infinity war but you know you never get that again <laughs> <laughs> well that's why infinity war is the better of the two and it's why empire is the better of empire and jedi you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we're not going to go down those rabbit holes um, <laughs> this is a podcast we're also we have do. a different rabbit hole to go, go down and it's called that's time right. travel that's right. all right so yes yeah so um loki this series you know and we we now have several different things established um but i think i want to talk first about loki as a character um in this because you know one of the things about this show is that you know loki has now come from being somewhat of an antagonist i mean Corey called him a chaos gremlin that's fine but he's not you know even when he's not the villain he's kind of an antagonist within the story that's sort of his narrative function um but um you know now we have loki center stage he is the main character this particular variant 
Um, so my question, because one of the things that I noticed and one of the things that I said to my wife, and I've heard a couple other people echo it as well, is that to me, the issue is that we have Tom Hiddleston's performance in every other movie, like up here at like 12. And because he's helming a TV, like he's now the main character, they were like, Tom, can you take what you did and bring it back down to like five? And so he gave us this very, very restrained you know, version of Loki. And yeah, you can like say like, it's because of the shock of everything that's happened to him and whatever, but it didn't seem like he was having any fun, you know, doing the series. And one of the things about Loki is that no matter what he's doing, he always seems to be enjoying himself. Um, and so I'm just kind of curious how people felt about Loki's sort of depiction, you know, within the series and sort of like, you know, his use, uh, you know, as a character. Um, so let's start with you on this one, Corey. Um, it didn't bother me, I think, because of the way that they set it up in the show. Uh, because again, you open that show with him showing him that he's dead. Like, surprise, mm -hmm. nothing you've done up to now matters, you're dead. Like, setting that up, I think, was a really good way to give you this version of Loki, who is not Ragnarok Loki. And I agree with Ali that Ragnarok Loki is, is my favorite Loki. Like he's the best version of that character. It's fantastic the way that they, what they do with him in that movie. But this is not that character, but it's also not Avengers 2012 Loki. And the bridge that they take to get there is not showing him just even his own death because like, let's be honest, what really changed him was his mother's death. Mm. And knowing that he can't fix that does kind of create a more sedate character. But you saw the same thing with Thor too like we let Thor grieve for these things and I think letting Loki grieve at the beginning of this show because even as the show I feel like the show progressed they let him be a little bit more like himself he was himself he was high high energy at the beginning and then there was like this lower dip but then towards the end I think it kind of like was coming back up there when you got to see these things but it's also this is a show about self-discovery and you can't start a story like this with a character at their highest the way that we always see Loki as a secondary character because we're kind of seeing him through other people's eyes and now we're seeing Loki as himself okay Ryan hmm. um yeah that's interesting I, I kind of think of Loki as like Marvel's uh captain jack sparrow where you know he's fun in small doses like he shows up in the movie he's great i absolutely love him um but i was worried going in could he carry a show could we have this manic level um for an entire series and would it get old and it, honestly i think it would i think if we'd had more you know the movie cinematic loki for the entire series it would have gotten a little much uh it, at the very least it, it shows a complete uh lack of character development uh, of growth of any sort um but this loki was humbled and beaten and rendered completely hopeless and humiliated uh by discovering that he was not special i mean that cinematic loki's all you know, his glorious purpose everything about him was his uniqueness his belief that he was destined and special and this one was shown that hey you're nothing you're one of many we go through 10 lokis a week you know and and so that 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 humbled him um not quite enough so that he stopped you know scheming but enough so that uh he started 
an internal dialogue with himself and and do i feel like it was forced like I, and even his character admits he has no long no idea how long he was he's with the bureau and so it time passes differently there so i in my head i have to think that he was with them for months if not a year or more uh in that process to get uh that down character that non-manic uh loki that's that's how you know that's how it works for me okay Allie. Um, I agree with Ryan and with what Ryan and Corey are saying regarding his character arc. I just think that we get from 2012 Loki to the end of the first episode way too fast. <laughs> I just I can't buy it that him watching movies of people he loves die does anything to him. Mm -hmm. um, 2012 Loki on the I mean like perhaps underneath he cared in some way but the one that we were shown in the Avengers movie did not give a crap and you know he I don't think would have been swayed by visions of the future you know he doesn't he hasn't lived through any of this and you know he seems to at least at the beginning of that presentation believe that it's fake and there was nothing, and I've watched I've watched the episode many, many times at this point. <laughs> There's nothing that changes where I think he would believe that the time that the that they're showing him events that haven't happened yet. And there's no discussion about like, oh, well, time is happening simultaneously. So these have events have already happened. You know, you just have an experience in the, you know, like they've got a little like brief glimpse of of the you just haven't experienced this yet but it's still like i don't think it i can't believe it's enough to to get him to change but they needed him to be there and so he was and um i feel like one of the problems that is introduced with loki is he who remains <laughs> because now everything that doesn't make sense in the mcu is just well it was he who remains he just did it all it's fine that's why it doesn't make sense because he arranged it to be that way um and i feel a little bit like well he just arranged it to be this way you know and i mean like in that case the writers arranged it to be this way it just happened too fast for me i would have loved to see that like i would have believed it more had it come at the end of the second episode and the first episode was arranged at least a little bit differently um so we could get more context and maybe more of um maybe more of an of an actual escape instead of just running around the tva but like something where he actually gets out and has and experiences some of his timeline there you go if he had experienced the timeline i would have believed that way more than he just watched some sad videos um i just i have trouble with that one yeah, it's funny because for a show that was ostensibly about time travel, there's very little time travel in the sense of that you would think they were actually matters. Yes, they were able to go to different locations in different times, but never anything like no time bending, no paradox playing, none of that kind of, you know, time travel stuff that mm -hmm. you that you might think would be in a time travel series um but but yeah i mean to the point that i was making to me it's two separate issues one is the one that you brought up ali in fact you brought up all the same things that i was going to bring up watching something secondhand and actually experiencing it are two completely different things and to me it's like so so we already talked about my hatred of resurrecting characters but it's like to me it's like the 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 purpose of creating an alternate version of loki from 2012 
was completely undercut by them being like, oh no, we got to bring him up to speed to bring him into Ragnarok Loki yeah. right away. It's like, why did you ever do it that way then? Because I would have preferred, because I thought it might be interesting to take this version of Loki and have a series that's actually about a villain and actually have him you know, and, and spoilers jumping ahead, I was actually hoping he was going to stab Sylvie at the end of the episode to show that, no, he's still been that Loki the whole time. And that whole, all that talk of deception and not trusting and everything would actually matter. Because at the end, he's like, no, I've always been this person. I've been playing everybody. And that would have been an interesting take. And I feel like that was kind of like, oh, like, no, we, we completely straightforward made it like, no, he's completely changed now. That's not, he's not the 2012 Loki anymore. And so there's that issue. But the other issue is just the sort of more meta issue of when you think you're going to watch, when, when the show is called Loki, and I get what Ryan's saying about, you know, we get tired or whatever, but you expect it to be a fun series. You expect it to be something that's going to be about a lot of wacky hijinks and chaos. Until Richard E. Grant shows up, nobody in this show feels like they were having fun. Like Richard E. Grant strolls in, it's like, this is the part that I've been waiting 40 years to play. And he is amazing. Until that moment, everyone is like at their lowest possible energy. And it's just like, my God, can anyone enjoy themselves in this show? You know? It's just like, ah. And so it's just, it's just a slog watching these episodes because even though there's interesting stuff happening, it's all intellectual. You know, it's not like, it's not like there's any like actual fun or interactions that are interesting. It's just kind of like, we're just doing this, you know, like this, this is, this is like a thing we're going we're doing now okay i mean so, i disagree with your low energy take like this isn't owen wilson at his, at his most manic or anything but like he definitely seemed like he was having fun and he and tom hiddleston had really fantastic chemistry i loved every single scene with the two of them in it uh the way they bounced off of each other and ugh, i mean because in that first episode, they had a lot of history to go through, which is part of why I wish they hadn't done it like that. Mm -hmm. But they still, they brought something to every line of exposition that they were delivering. So I felt like it wasn't dead. And there's a lot of other things that they, you know, other exchanges that, that they had that were, that were livelier. Um, the whole like testing the apocalypse theory, um, Again, you know, an intellectually whole... very interesting thing that happened. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking more about character standpoint. Was... Like, yeah. <laughs> Mobius didn't work for me at all because I, I didn't I didn't get anything interesting from Sylvie was interesting. Oh, what? See, Sylvie okay. was interesting. I, again, I really disagree, Tira. I'm with Allie. Like, I felt like their chemistry was great. And this wasn't a show with wacky Loki hijinks, but I don't think it needed to be in a lot of ways i mean because there was there's a lot of like weird and wackiness that happens especially towards the end of the show but you have six episodes here and there's a lot happens in those six episodes and it and it is like i i feel this way about the way i feel about a couple of the other marvel shows that these are bridge shows in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. they don't none of them so far i think and this this is not a complaint i've enjoyed all all three of them they don't really stand on their own super well. You have to have a lot of knowledge going into them to mm -hmm. really build to appreciate them. But I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily like, yeah, this isn't wacky hijinks the whole time, but there's definitely a lot of like really great scenes. There's a lot of really great 
like playful banter back and forth happening, but this isn't an action show. And I think if you went into it expecting a Loki stabs things and is a wily like character, <laughs> like yeah, you're. I mean, you're going to be disappointed. Well, yeah, I mean, but see, I mean, yeah. Um, I think I think we went from one extreme to another uh, there, like really quickly. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing is more that I didn't find anything interesting in the Mobius character because he was just a guy that like was just doing like prison slash cop job and like there wasn't i i didn't think that he was having any fun like i didn't feel like the actor was having fun i didn't really find him to be all that interesting sylvie is is probably the best of the actual main characters ravona also very boring um did not find her to be you know much of anything um and yeah i mean like sylvie's cool and a little interesting but even she's not having a lot of fun but of course her character isn't having a lot of fun either so um you know i don't know it's just it felt very low energy and it felt very until the fifth episode you know it just felt very low energy and it just felt like all the things people said about wandavision is how i feel about loki like everybody's like oh god it's so boring so hard to get through these episodes it was like <laughs> and again it's an important show and i get the importance of the events that happen I just didn't feel anything from it. I wanted to feel something, uh, you know, and I and I felt zero. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, the opposite for me. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, I'm just, we're all going to argue with Nathan now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, WandaVision's my favorite yeah. of the three no, Disney Plus I mean, shows. I, did it feel like a Mad Libs where they took Loki and a cop show and time travel and just, you know, mashed it all together? Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know that necessarily say it felt low energy. I would say maybe that was a color palette thing because everything was dark. Uh, every world they went to, you know, I don't know if this was because it was filmed like in studios or something. I, I don't know. Or, or the Marriott, you know, um, but uh, you know, everything was, yeah. You know, yes, it was darker in that sense, but, but the Owen Wilson chemistry was definitely, it was there to the point where I literally thought at, at that by the end of the series, we were going to find out that Mobius was a Thor variant. And that's why they clicked um, <laughs> so much. You know? I would have been cute. I would have yeah. been there for that. <laughs> oh, I still love the meme where he comes and rescues Sylvie when they're at the end of time with Lightning McQueen. And he's like, yeah. this is my variant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I wouldn't have put it past that show to do that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you on the, I would have enjoyed more wacky hijinks. Um, but I think you're totally wrong about the characters <laughs> having low energy and not being interesting. Um, uh, but part of it though, like you are 100% correct. This is a much more like intellectual show. The conflicts, the personal conflicts that they're having, they're all internal. And it's mostly about faith, actually. And so if you, the, this show was 100% for people like me because it's time travel and faith. And I am about all those things. I like, I like anything that explores that kind of stuff. Um, and this was 100% an exploration of faith uh, because they didn't Are you have saying faith or fate? Faith. Okay like belief in a higher power. Okay. Uh, I just wasn't sure because either one could have been what you were saying. <laughs> it and is I wasn't also quite about that. It, so, yes. <laughs> it is also about free will, which is another right, thing yes. that I love. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, it's all these variants, TBA agents believing 
in a higher power without any proof other than this is what they've been told. And then when they are told that it's a lie, you get to see what those people do. When with Tara Strong speaks, you listen. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I, I think you're really, I think you're really honest in thing, Ali, with that is that yeah, everyone believes that they are doing mm -hmm. this for a higher power, and they have complete faith in that higher power. And then when it is revealed that things are not as they seem, you see different characters react to that very mm -hmm. differently, mm -hmm. and that is how people kind of react when they feel like their faith might be misplaced in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Is it misplaced? Is it just because I don't fully understand it? Does that mean it's wrong? Or does it just mean I don't understand it? Or am I just going to be like, uh, screw the system, I'm out, you know, like, so that is, a, it's a very interesting concept that they develop over these episodes that I, like you, really appreciate. Yeah. yeah I, oh, sorry. I was going to say, it takes a long time to develop that. And I'm not sure six episodes was really the amount of time, particularly because, I mean, like I said, I also would have enjoyed more hijinks. And because I, it's like, basically, they didn't have room for hijinks. You know, mm -hmm. we had the one D.D. Cooper stunt that wasn't even related to time travel, which I was surprised <laughs> oh, right. by. Yeah, I thought it's that was so going to be because they kept showing that in the preview. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is going to be like a main thing of Toki, Loki having to do something by so, pretending to be D.D. Cooper. And then he goes to something else. And it's like, no, that's yeah. So, the thing I mean, like. That really was weird. <laughs> um, and so really in the grand scheme, it seemed like that probably should have been cut because it didn't fit the rest of the tone and, or they should have put in more wacky hijinks. I would have accepted either. Um, I would probably prefer wacky hijinks. Uh, but with only having six episodes, you really have to concentrate on the story that you want to tell. And they wanted to tell this very complicated story, which did result in a lot of talky-talky rather than action-action. And that's a very different show. I think it's interesting, uh, you know, talking about Faith. Um, it took this particular Loki variant. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you look at all the other Loki variants, it's fairly safe to say most of them have had very divergent histories, very divergent mm -hmm. uh, stories to tell, with the possible exception of a classic Loki. Um, but this Loki, you, you called him, you know, a chaos gremlin. And what it takes is that particular chaos gremlin who respects, who believes in nothing but power. His faith is in power. Um, whether it's Odin's, whether it's Thanos, uh, whether it's the uh, Infinity Stones, that's what he believes in. And he finds out they're all pointless. And so what happens, he's in he's in the Bureau for like six episodes or however long, and he destroys the entire system. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the chaos he introduces. And I mean, when you think about that, that's actually uh, kind of impressive and a testament to, to Loki. Um, but about the D.B. Cooper thing, I, I, I couldn't care less about that, but I would have liked there's a gap in Loki's history and this, in this Loki's history between the end of Thor and uh, Avengers where he meets Thanos, where he's given um, uh, the scepter and everything. And, and obviously that, and, and this, because that the 2012 Loki is the angriest Loki we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's he's on a quest, and uh, I don't know if he's angry at Thanos, if he's angry at Thor, or if he's angry at himself. And I feel like they missed a chance to maybe explore that. I would have loved for them to have, when they're going through his history, to have shown what Thanos did, what happened there in that gap to uh, make him that way. And maybe that would have also led towards uh, um, the character development that we did get and, hit the, and his realization that ultimate power is 
and time and controlling time in the bureau it would have made a lot more sense uh, i don't know i just thought it was his anger at finding out that his parents had lied to him his whole life and like you know like thor was the favored son you know and there was nothing he could do to ever like replace thor in their affections i thought that was a justification for his anger <laughs> in avengers no he's just petty like i mean okay i love loki but like his his whole thing is just like he's chaos he's mischief and he's real petty because there are some lines in thor that are like oh my sons you'll but like you'll both be kings to kind of consider that like you might not get asgard but you're probably going to end up ruling the, the frost giants over here and that's going to be real cool for you because you're going to have your own kingdom but he's like nah peace and it's the whole like again i loki is a character who has a lot of contradictions and i appreciate that especially because avengers thor spends the entire movie being like brother please come home brother it will be fine if you just come home and put this down i love you it's going to be fine we're brothers that's what matters and loki is like okay and then no got you i'm gonna stab my brother in the side and roll off a building rather than deal <laughs> with my complex relationships so to see that character from that avengers movie who literally will stab somebody gotcha and roll off the side of a building to get away from things have to confront the fact that like no matter what he does he always ends up like this is a really interesting prospect because again we have to like discount everything that happens after that and everything we love and go from that i i don't know like i just I, I like his pettiness and I like seeing him have to be, have to confront that. Like the, these are the consequences for your actions. Are you happy with yourself? Because if you have to look at yourself like that and really look, because like the character at that point, isn't really good at self-reflection. By the time we get to Ragnarok, he is, he's much better at reflecting on his choices and what has happened to him in life. But right then in Avengers, he's not, but he's put in that little room and forced just to look at these oh look it is the repercussions of my actions consequences here's what happens and there's no escape from them at that point even though he's still trying to work around them so that makes a really interesting character story yeah so i i I kind of want to back up a little bit because we oh, kind of talked around the TVA without really talking about the TVA and okay. it's sort of like an overall sense. Um, and because that's the big introduction, right? And I mean, I feel somewhat vindicated, Ryan, in our conversations because I said the only way that the time travel shown in Endgame worked is if there were people micromanaging <laughs> history. And you said, nah, nah. And look, that's exactly how they explained it. There are people micromanaging history and making sure that those changes don't See, actually have any kind of effect. So I feel vindicated because <laughs> you were the one arguing that there have to be all these alternate timelines. And I was like, no, no. Well, no, no. I said, unless there are people <laughs> micromanaging history. I just assumed that that was too ridiculous for them to actually do. <laughs> and they, that's what the, way, the, uh, the thing they went with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... Um, you know, so they, they introduced the, the idea that there's this organization called the TVA. Um, they do exist in the comics completely differently. Um, so the TVA in the comics, they uh, don't say there's just one timeline or whatever. They actually monitor all the timelines. Uh, in fact, when you ever go there, it's a three-dimensional grid. All the desks are equally spaced in all directions, including up and down. And so they're all monitoring their own particular world, particular time, particular reality. And they're making sure that outside forces from that particular time or reality aren't coming in to do something 
Uh, but it's not like there's only one set way of doing things. It's just they're just making sure that people aren't crossing over to like screw things up in a, in a different place. So it's a little bit different how it's how it's realized. And one of the things that I really liked about it, because, you know, um, several things happen in the show that spoke to the comics, but weren't but weren't like the comics that's one of them the other one was the idea of the um the time uh the time um the three guys the time keepers, I want, keepers thank you um because the idea in marvel is at the end of time there are three beings that survive to the absolute end of time and uh at one so basically just in the same way that all of matter will eventually come together and collapse back into a single thing all of the realities collapse back together and become a single thing but at the last moment reality branches one more time so there's two possible endings one is the time keepers the other one is the time twisters and the time twisters actually try to like dominate time uh and by interfering and doing stuff and that's where the tva kind of comes in whereas the time keepers are more like no like like everything has its time everything should sort of progress in the way that it's supposed to um and so um you know i was kind of curious about you know the way that they were trying to depict the time keepers in this uh because it seemed more like the time twisters um and i like the fact that it all turned out to be you know nothing you know like like it was all fake because then i felt like okay because i was like why use these terms if you're not going to use them the way like that even thematically they work because usually even though mcu changes things like characters still stay within their own particular like you know uh theme right you know they don't like completely change something and just slap the name on that's something fox did um so <laughs> uh, yeah um so yeah i mean so the tva the concept of the tva and just sort of like i think ali spoke to it a little bit where she mentioned that it's kind of like a way of just saying like, why do things not make sense? It's because that's the way like the, the holy timeline, the sacred timeline, sorry, the sacred timeline uh, did it, but uh, just thoughts about the TVA in general and the idea that there is this sort of force uh, out there, um, Ryan. Well, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> this it sounds a little off topic a little bit, but I mean, it's the only thing that really makes sense with all the powers in the marvel universe I, I give the mcu credit for waiting uh 22 odd movies before doing time travel because they know once you do that this is this is what you get you've got to be able to explain it so um they thought that out and they planned it and um so in that sense yeah you've got to have something like the tva and or what the tva is really a front for and i think that's kind of the the issue there uh where where this show wasn't even i mean yes it's about loki it's about developing loki it's about getting a season two of loki but uh, the entire series or at least especially the last episode was just the setup for the big bad for phase four and maybe beyond um I, the tva itself I, I, it was weird because like they're the the production values were almost thematic but then you just then i would be watching it and it felt like i was watching something on the cw at the same time you know so yeah i went back and forth on that but ultimately i liked it i liked this kind of weird sort of like logan's run 60s 70s vibe that they were uh trying to put out um it, if you're going to do an agency outside of time yeah it's going to be weird um, so that's, that's, I, I don't know. That's really all I have to say about that. The idea that they exist, that they've been maintaining time. It's a necessity, especially when you have infinity stones. It just makes me wonder if Thanos knew about them. Like, you know, like how, how, 
I, I, I just wonder, like, they've been here forever or whatever. They've been watching Protecting the Sacred Timeline. Um, the other big powers in the universe, uh, Ego, Thanos, like, were they aware of them? How have they interacted with them? Like, has Ego ever succeeded with his uh, cosmic bomb and, you know, they had to show up and take out that? How would that even work? I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, but you did bring up something that also annoyed me is the idea that, you know, the Infinity Stones can just like lose power there. And I'm like, it's one of the underpinnings <laughs> of like the existence of the of the multiverse. But yeah, if we just take it here, it loses all its power. It's well, fine. maybe it's when you have multiple versions of the same stone, they don't work together. They can't I, maybe <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was important though because otherwise oh. loki would have just been able to teleport everywhere and they didn't want him to do that so a wizard Something, did it i do want to point out one theory i'm sorry i know one theory that i did read though about mm -hmm. the aesthetic of the tva and the, and the timekeepers and everything um people were like oh loki's magic doesn't work in the tva but if you notice uh one uh theory that i read was that if you notice in the TVA all throughout it, you'll see what look an awful lot like runes. Uh, and if you go back to WandaVision, we understand that, you know, you can create a, a runed area where only the magic of, um, of the rune writer works. Mm. So, like, especially if you look in the Timekeeper's, uh, like, throne room, uh, you'll see the runes around them and, like, on the elevators and stuff like that. I mean, maybe they're not rooms. Maybe it's just the design they went with. But I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I didn't notice yeah. that, but that's a nice detail. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Corey? I, so I am not familiar with the TVA and the comics. So for me, it was an interesting concept. And I, I honestly, like, I left Endgame and I think that's one of my least favorite MCU movies. And I was just like, this doesn't make sense. Time travel, what are they doing? I don't get it. And this does fix it in post, kind of, in a lot of ways <laughs> for me. But I didn't even think that was a thing you could do was fix it in post. So I was like, okay, okay, sure. I'm, I'm back maybe a little bit more on board than I was before but it does like brian said it opens up so many questions like who knows about them how secretive are they actually what's actually going on the series does present a lot more questions than it answers <laughs> even at the end of it you're just left with a lot of things to kind of figure out for yourself which is probably the point let's be honest if they tell you too many things we're going to poke holes in it uh much like we did the ending of endgame but that's again whole other story not going to not gonna dive into that right now. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Wow, Corey, you're the only person behind, beside myself that isn't like, oh my God, Endgame's the best MCU movie ever. So, oh, wow, wow. I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about it. It's the most fan into it now. Um, <laughs> but I, I was really intrigued by the the concept of the TVA, especially kind of afterwards. I looked a little bit into them and was reading about them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the difference between the timekeepers and the time. What was the other one? Twisters. Sorry, the t the time what? The time twisters. Time twisters. Yeah, I don't know where we were in canon in terms of that, so I can't even talk about it because I, I, I got nothing for you guys on that. <laughs> sure. But I, I liked the idea of this sort of like. <laughs> middle management bureaucracy that is like <laughs> no 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 you have made a mistake um you got up too late on a tuesday so <laughs> you're that's it that's all there is there's a meme with Gru from the despicable me movies <laughs> and he's like i asked a girl on a date she said yes the tva showed up and then he looks at it the tva <laughs> showed up <laughs> like oh man that's awful um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, Allie, what do you think of the TVA? Um, 
So I both hate and love the time travel in Endgame. So I was very excited that the TVA fixed it. <laughs> it at least gave it some context. So I hate it maybe a little bit less. I don't know. I might hate it more. Um, <laughs> it's hit or miss. Um, the thing that I love the most about all of the time travel in the MCU thus far is that it completely breaks everything because I love me a multiverse. So <laughs> anything that gives me more multiverse, I'm here for it. Um, so I love anything that, that breaks the timeline and I love anything that's like, you know what, canon, we're just gonna ignore that and anything you want is canon now, congratulations. Uh, so I, I, I'm fine with, with all of those kinds of elements. I loved that they were a bureaucracy. Um, I'm confused by how they uh, went with some of their bureaucracy, like they had trials, but everyone was pruned. Okay, <laughs> time wasting. That seems fine. See, see here's the thing, Allie. Until we, do, learned, I guess. <laughs> until we learned more, because I assumed from the beginning that everyone that worked at the D, because I was like, where do they get their people? And I'm like, these would be variants that then won their trials, but they were like, well, we can't put you back. So you're now working for us. And so I assumed that was the problem. But then we later learned that, no, they've all been convinced that they were created just to serve the, you know, the timekeepers and everything. And that's where it kind of got confusing to it me. It could be but, both. There's a, there's a poster in it's one of the later episodes um b15 is looking at it and it's after she's kind of questioning and it says uh how can you be sure that you've got that you've got them all or something like that through deletion so very clearly they delete everyone when mobius takes loki away loki says are you taking me somewhere to kill me and Moby says, no, that's where you just were. Like, it's very mm -hmm. clear. Like, the message seems to be over and over that they prune everybody. And so that means, like, the trials don't make sense. <laughs> I mean, like, except for the point of them is the bureaucracy of them. Which, so, I mean, I enjoy that part. <laughs> but it is, like, I feel like there's several times when I'm like, I feel like somebody would have, like, questioned this <laughs> at some point and, like, started to unravel things. But they didn't because it's because he who remains arranged it that way. And that's just the way the whole MCU works now. It's all, it's all king. Well, up until ritual. now, from now on, it's not going to be no, that way. Not. So you can finally hold the writers responsible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have faith without ritual. So that's that. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, it can be both. I don't know why they couldn't have the trials. And then in the trials, that's where they pick their the variants that and then this mind wiped them uh after but nobody was consciously aware of it even ravona wasn't aware yeah, that right, that's because how things happen after the trial they wiped them out it's like i know hey, but nobody was aware they were doing it to other people so who's doing the wiping if they're not aware that that's a uh, process that happens yes. who chooses that, yeah, yeah. I, I have questions about who that librarian who is doing the wiping because even <laughs> at the beginning like if, if you're like, oh, well, Kang was doing all of the wiping. That's a lot of wiping. That, right. There's a lot well, and we know that people die sometimes on their <laughs> oh. missions. So it's like somehow right. they have to get an influx of new people. And then right. it's like, and never has there ever been the same person duplicated twice of two different variants that they get. And, you know, all that kind of stuff where it's like, you just have to trust that he who remains was clever enough to keep all of those balls in the air and keep it all going in a way that nobody ever noticed. And it's kind of like, <laughs> Wow, that's that's you a lot. There's no non-humans. Yeah, 
You don't develop that level of micromanagement just to like, you don't develop that level of bureaucracy to micromanage it. All right, I've heard, I know, Allie, I've heard that argument before. We only ever see one building. And when you look out the window, there Mm -hmm. are buildings as far as the eye can see. I'm hoping, I'm I'm hoping that we are in like the human-like version because while they don't care about necessarily like dressing anachronistically, they like people would notice like that person has blue skin (laughs) well no and that's why i'm saying so like some of those other buildings there might have been a building like this is the building that manages the scroll timeline yeah i'm hoping that that's the way it is right yeah but i'm guessing because we didn't see and they didn't give us any right but uh, loki is not human but he looks human <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he I mean, looks like Tom are... Hiddleston, who is a human. So I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but that are... also begs the question: If magic doesn't work, why didn't he revert back to a frost giant? Uh, right, and that's that's there. actually the legitimate question. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, because yeah. that would cost more money. Like, uh, I think it's because the writers that forgot one. that that was his default form. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, but anyway, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff with his uh, uh, illusions too. Because, yeah. like, in Dark World, Thor could touch him. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, so so I don't think that, I, I think that they, they, they're covered in the fact that it looked like a ginormous complex, that there could be buildings that are for managing different races and, and whatnot. So yeah, I think that the part's the Marriott and the Marriott. They're all out there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, like, yeah, I like them. And I like the fact that, like I say, it seemed like they were very clever in choosing things. And this is what I think they've been doing very well in general with the TV shows is when they diverge from the com like they know that people who are familiar with the comics are reading or watching and so they're doing a very good job of misdirecting but in a way that seems satisfying if you know the source material so like again like the fact that the tva has these enormous like ostentatious buildings and big statues and everything and me i'm like the tva is supposed to look like a white space with just a grid of desks you know as far as the eye can see but then it's like when you realize it's actually kang who made the tva then suddenly it becomes oh the reason why it looks ostentatious and it isn't just about efficiency and function is because it's kang's creation not you know a thing that's just used to manage the multiverse um and so that that you know again i felt like that was really satisfying and i liked the way that they sort of incorporated that in um and and like i said before it's it's the way to explain endgame because otherwise i feel like endgame is just nonsense um and so that you know that worked well um I, I- Okay, quick, I, real quick i just have to defend endgame just in one aspect because everyone here has said oh you know they fixed it in post oh it's a retcon oh whatever that only works if this wasn't the plan to begin with uh this is just the reveal of what they were working towards all along i mean i i actually have faith in in marvel enough to believe that they knew they were doing this when in production for endgame yeah. No, that's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, Feige is he who remains. And yeah. so, you know, yes. I mean, like, but he says go. So even if it wasn't the plan, he's retroactively made it, it is, the plan. It was so, always the plan. <laughs> right. So it was always the plan. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And, and here's the thing. And I'm, I'm serious when I say this. This isn't me just trying to be flippant. A good creator is also like a good magician in that mm-hmm. you don't let people see the trick, right? So, like, if you can fix it in post, like Corey was saying, in a way that makes it look like it was always the plan, 
then you've done your job. So, I mean, like, I don't know if it was always the plan, but they did well enough with it that I can believe it was always the plan. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that they, uh, it's one of the ways that Marvel is doing this so much better than any other large franchise. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the problem, I think, with the time travel in Endgame was that it was so poorly defined and this defines it. And that's really like, that's the fix it in post to me is, well, is except, that it's just defined better. Except Ali, as you recall in our conversation we were having with Angie, how do those time bombs work? I mean, I don't know how those time bombs work. <laughs> that's the, I will say the reset bombs are one of the things that I'm like, and explain this to me, please. How far do they wind back time? And like, how do you make the person choose the choice that you want them to do if they've already chosen it differently? Like, do you have people who are just like sitting there ready to prune them every single time and they're just prune, prune, prune until you choose the right thing? But we don't see that portion of it. So we don't know. And uh, I'm just making up ridiculous things. Uh, well, and, and yeah, I mean, there, there are some interesting things like questions that come up about the mechanics of all of this because, you know, the idea that the Avengers going back in time by altering things created a variant timeline that then had to be pruned makes sense. But how do these things happen naturally when there are no time travelers? Why, why is it suddenly a deviation when there wasn't a deviation before without an outside agency acting upon it? And so that was one of the things that also I felt like was like not really explained that well. I mean, a coin flips. Sometimes it lands on head. Sometimes it lands on tails. So, I mean, it, it, the sacred timeline says it must always land on heads. But Right, but if there's only one timeline... It's the way that it was set. So what is the outside force that then causes it to go the other way now that they then have to steer it back the way because that it was? That, that's just physics. That, you know, yeah, or, you it's know, yeah. just chaos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was always going to happen. The sacred timeline isn't natural. It is a construct created by Kang uh, because it should be branching out. It always had, it always should have, but he's forcing it onto that path. Yeah, also time is happening simultaneously. <laughs> that is that is something yeah. that happened that is talked about so so that means that these events are repeating mm. so they have to keep going back to prune various events well and that begs the question too is that at the end of loki what does that mean for the timeline Do, like now that all the everything's branching does that mean, and this is going back to Endgame again, does that mean it is like what the, the Ancient Ones said, which is like everything's now another timeline from the Avengers going back into time, did they never get pruned? I don't, is it retroactive? I I don't know. Well, so, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so Corey, this is, all right. So I'm going to get into my, my theory on this. So okay. when they're at the Citadel at the end of time, you yeah. see the timeline as a circle just wending around it, right? That is yeah. the timeline. But then they can see out and there's all the, the sort of web of stuff, which is the multiverse. And 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 Immortus, it's it's not Kang, it's Immortus. It's it's a it's a knit, but I'm gonna say it. it's Immortus. Immortus it says that he's basically removed one timeline and basically like walled it off from all the other ones. And so what happens once they, you know, once he's dead is that not only does that timeline start branching, but you see it intersecting with the ones that are out there in space in all the places where now realities are gonna like start crossing over to each other. And so it becomes part of like a web rather than just that one string. So if the writers are doing it right, 
it should, yes, retroactively now be true that the multiverse has always existed because it is no longer a set timeline that's all by itself. It has always been part of the web because at past, present, and future are now all intersecting with the web. So that's the way it should work. That's now, whether it. or not they do it that way is the question. <laughs> I, I think we saw that they already did because Loki went back to the TVA. No one remembered him. He mm. remembers, you know... Uh, but well, yeah. there's questions about that too. Did he but go back to the same exist. TVA yeah. or is yeah. it a TVA in another timeline? Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> and, and the TVA still exists. So what is their purpose? Like, what is their purpose before he goes back? Because it's very unclear. Is your purpose exactly the same? Is it slightly different? Like, what do season two? I don't, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> All right. So, but here's the thing. And we're going to see Loki again in, in Doctor Strange 2 before a Loki yeah, we 2 are. ever we're gonna comes out. We're going to see a so. Loki. We're going to see a Loki. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And doesn't necessarily have to be the same one. You're right. Um, do you think but, they won't do the same one? Do you- but I'm pretty sure because it's the multiverse of madness, it will be the one who's gone to the TVA and experienced all these things. Yeah. But you're right. It could, but we don't know also if it's going to be like just a short cameo kind of thing, like the same way Doctor Strange was a cameo in, in, uh, in Ragnarok, or if it's going to be like, no, he's integral to the plot plot or any of that. But yeah, I think... I think we will see at least some explanation in Doctor Strange too for some of these things, um, but uh, but yeah, um, or Spider Man, <laughs> or Spider Man. <laughs> although we're all going by hearsay and rumor on Spider Man because there's still no trailer. So, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so uh, yeah, let's talk about Mobius though as the you know. Um, our prime character from the TVA, you know, the, the one that's sort of our, uh, you know, uh, identification figure for the TVA. Um, so uh, let's start with you on this one, Ali. What did you think about Mobius? I know we kind of talked around it a little bit, but just, just for specifically about Mobius, you know, uh, what do you think about him? Put Mobius on a jet ski. Yeah! <laughs> How does the series not end with Mobius on a jet ski? I thought for sure that's going to be like the post credit scene. That's <laughs> what I want for him in his future. <laughs> I just want him on a jet ski. I want I want him and alligator Loki on a jet ski together. <laughs> my dream. Nice. Um no, I really liked Mobius. I thought he was a really interesting character and and I liked him as a look at like what the TVA is supposed to be, what they believe, uh and then watching him slowly be I mean, I'm going to say corrupted, but that's not mm-hmm. really <laughs> what's happening here. But from the point of view of the TPA, he is corrupted. Um, but like watching his his viewpoint change, and I thought it was really interesting. And um, yeah, I was I was on board with his character and his arc and everything that that happened with that. And I also liked his relationship with Rinslayer um, because that was again another you know she's very cold and so she's that colder side of the tva and and really representing that in a very concrete way and him playing off of her i think helped to show you know she's not just a cold person like she is still a human underneath all of that who is complicated and um so it was a nice reminder especially when she pulls her shenanigans and you know, making herself look very much like a Loki, actually. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so like I, I felt like his purpose in the story made a lot of sense. See, now you have me thinking of an ending where everybody reveals they're actually a Loki variant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you think about Mobius? Uh, well, first off, the, 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 they wouldn't all reveal themselves as Loki variants because Loki's way too egotistical to surround himself with other Lokis, unless they're Sylvie, apparently. But um, uh, I, think, I think the mustache worked on Mobius. Um, it's tough to pull off a mustache, but I think he did pretty good with it. Uh, otherwise, that's really all I have to say. No, I mean he was he was uh, the perfect buddy cop. Yeah, I mean some of the the, the the best scenes, the scenes that felt the most real outside of maybe Loki Sylvie were Loki Mobius when they were just you know going over books, sitting at a, the table together, or going visiting Pompeii or something like that. Um, I, I felt like he was a character fit for the small screen, not the big screen though if that makes sense i don't think that character would have worked i don't think that this could have been a movie with him like that um i could be wrong but uh yeah i mean i i don't know i just i he didn't blow me away but he was perfectly good at what he did i don't know you said it in the 1800s uh you know he's a cowboy he's with loki <laughs> Wait, does, does he have a roman centurion friend uh in this when he's a cowboy <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what do you think about Mobius? I liked the character. I think it it really worked for the the type of story that they were telling. Because I think Ryan's right. If this was a movie, this would be a lot more high octane, if you will, and a lot more action adventure and hijinks kind of jammed in to a shorter time frame. But because this is six episodes, that I think the more kind of buddy cop aspect really worked. Time traveling buddy cop with loki and mobius is not a thing that i thought we were going to see with this show but it's what we got and i kind of appreciated his half and he it's an interesting to me because he's almost like one of those like uh, uh like criminal psychologists in the way that he treats loki which is half fascination and half i know you think that you're the smartest man in the room but you're really not so if we can just cut past this it would be a little more like this let's save some time which I thought was a really interesting portrayal of the character until they eventually become more, I don't even know if I want to say friends. Like it's hard to, to get, can Loki have friends at all? Even Sylvie, can Loki have friends? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, but Mobius I think is one of the closest that he's going to get outside of his like family. And at least in the six episodes we got, I would love to see more of their dynamic develop because I think there's a lot of potential for that buddy cop to move further but mobius is interesting and i feel like we didn't get enough of of that like i wanted to see more of him and his wrestling with this idea of am i a person am i like like what does it mean to be a variant what is that and we didn't get that in season one i would really like to see him not even struggle but just explore that a little bit more yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Corey. I think that the, we've avoided the most interesting thing that we could have explored with these TVA agents, which is the idea of them discovering that they are all variants of actual people who live. I mean, the whole thing with the TVA reminds me of a novel by Isaac Asimov called The End of Eternity, which basically has an organization kind of like this, where it's like they recruit people from like 
all through time. And then they change the timeline. So that person is still there. And that one that they've taken out of time, you know, still exists also, but like they, you know, basically duplicate the person. Um, and, and this whole idea of you now live in, you know, where you can't go home again you know, but you have, and, and I think it would be more interesting for them to have their memories and to have the fact that you have a life and knowing that you can't go back to that life because there's someone else living that life, maybe in a slightly different way than you did, but there's somebody living that life. And uh, yeah, I would really love to see that explored also. Um, but yeah, I think the most disappointing thing aside from him not getting his jet ski was that we didn't get to see him burn down the TVA because when he said that, I was like, all right, because that's what I expected. I expected the end of this to be the TVA crumbling, you know, the the different variants getting out, like the, the good ones that we saw getting out. And then it was going to be at the end, like Kang, like moving in, like now, like the way has been cleared for me to like, you know, take over here. And it was kind of surprising that they didn't go that route. But again, I think, I think now that we know that it's the second season, like everything as basically a setup for season two uh, kind of makes sense. So I think that, you know, we're going to see, or hopefully we'll see some of these explored, although I'm worried with it as, as another six episode series, it'll be kind of like, oh, those things that you want to see explored, we don't have time for those. <laughs> and it's going to be more... more time. They have six episodes rather than like two hours. <laughs> they have more time. Yeah. But before season two comes out, we're going to have to deal with Dr. Strange and Spider-Man yes. and everything else. So who mm. the heck knows what's going to happen there, which Loki's going to have to come in and, you know, fix and post, you know? And maybe even <laughs> Quantumania. Like, we don't know when yeah, Loki maybe. season two yeah. is coming. Quantumania is going to have Kang. And so it's like, mm-hmm. at what point does season two happen and how many things that will affect Loki season two are going to happen in between? So that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. All right. We've mentioned her a million times. We haven't really talked about her at all. And she needs a mention. And that is Sylvie. Um, Because Sylvie was one of the really fascinating concepts, you know, in the series of, you know, and again, like people are mentioning, like the fact that Loki is a shape changer and the fact that Loki's gender doesn't really matter at all because Loki is a character that can be anything he really wants to be. Uh, And they treat it as a non-issue within the series uh, which is also interesting, but um, the performance there is really great. Um, I think that the whole idea of this person that you can see sort of starting as Loki and then uh, and as someone like that as a child, but then the fact that just her whole life has been, I've got to keep one step ahead of these people that are trying to annihilate me um and and just seeing the sort of bitterness that comes from that and uh you know the trauma that that has you know kind of instilled within her but also the sort of friendship like we don't know from her point of view that she ever has the same feelings for loki 2012 that he has for her and so at least friendship you know, uh, that she, that she sort of gets towards him, um, finding common cause and everything. I think that was probably for me, at least the sort of prime thing of the whole series was watching that. And that doesn't even start until episode three, but for me, that was kind of like the prime thing to watch for was their relationship as it develops. Um, so yeah, just thoughts on Sylvie. Let's start with you, Corey. I, I like the character as 
the same way that I kind of like Mobius, it's a foil for Loki. And it is a lot of what ifs. And they do develop a lot of like the variants of being what ifs for him in a lot of ways. But she is so unlike every other variant that I, I do appreciate that she immediately is like, that's not my name. I'm Sylvie. Like, my name is this. I'm not a god of mischief. I'm not, a, I'm like a chaos creature. I'm just trying to survive. So that automatically puts her in a different scenario for me than all the other Loki variants that we see, which she's a really fascinating character because like, how old was she when she was going to be pruned, you know? And that's all very vague in the show too, mm -hmm. of like why exactly they were going to prune her. Why at that particular moment was she pruned? Very, very vague on purpose. I, I understand why they did that, but there's so many things I would like to know, like the whys. Well, and those of you who have watched it, because Corey, have you gone back and watched it again? I know Allie said that she did. I have only been able to watch it the one time. And I know at the okay. time, like she's playing like she's a Valkyrie. Like th at that point is when they they pull her right. out. Right. And that's what I was wondering. Like, I, I if I go back and rewatch it, I wanted to pay really close attention to what she was actually doing with the game. And I think that might have been it was the fact that Loki, the 2012 Loki never wanted to be a Valkyrie. And that's like the change. <laughs> Which would also make sense if, if we go with this is the this is the same character that Loki is a shapeshifter. So and the idea that gender is doesn't matter. And they, they do play with that at the end when they show the dossier of gender uh, on the character. And that, that's, you know, but so it's the same Loki as female. Is it the same Loki female presenting? How? how does this work? I, I don't know. And I don't know if this has been answered elsewhere and I just haven't seen it because I didn't get a chance to go back and rewatch the show. But it is definitely, I think that it's because Loki, like Sylvie wanted to be a Valkyrie. That's the best thing I could get. And I could be wrong. I don't know if anyone else has any opinion on that. I'd love to hear it. I have well, no even she's idea. confused. <laughs> I she have has... watched it multiple times and I still can't figure out what the Nexus event would be. I agree. Yeah. Perhaps it has, because um, a Valkyrie was going to kill a dragon is what I think she's, she, the line is. And um, no idea. That's the only thing that, that could possibly make sense. It also could be something that happened earlier because as we know, they have to deal with Nexus events in real time. So that means that they're showing up after the event has happened, which is why the reset charges I have so much trouble with. <laughs> yeah. So it could be something that happened earlier in the day and the little uh, Viking set has nothing to do with it. No idea. We will, I think we will never know. It's going to be one of those things that we talk about on Marvel podcast for the rest like, of yeah. time. What, is, what does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. It could be explained in Loki season two because I'm sure she'll be back for that at the very least. Um, I don't think we'll see her before that. I really, yeah. I don't think we'll see her before Loki season two. I don't, I, and I could be wrong, you know, maybe, maybe she'll show up and they'll, they'll be like, well, I remember when you said, and I'll be like, I was wrong. It's fine. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> used to it. It's, it's okay. Cause I actually, I kind of love her. So, I mean, she can come back like whenever yeah. they want her to. So, um, I, I actually kind of, I don't know. It's like, 
I liked I liked Loki a lot in the original Thor and the Avengers, kind of the opposite of Ali, just because I liked the idea of this sort of Shakespearean tragedy that was playing out with their whole family dynamic and everything. And I, the, the, to me, that's like really compelling. That's really like uh, interesting and everything. But since then, Loki to me has been kind of like more of like an adjunct you know, character that doesn't really have the weight that he had in the beginning. And so like, I actually felt like Sylvie for me was like bringing weight back to a Loki type character. And so that's why I really, I really appreciate her. I, I think her whole tragic backstory and everything makes her uh, very interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Ryan, what about you? what do you think about Sylvie? Yeah, I, I kind of thought they were going to go that a similar route and she was going to be the villain you know mm-hmm. I, I i mean i really thought okay this is a return to loki lady loki you know being evil or whatever and i was all in for that and then they took it a different direction i didn't hate it um i mean I, we can wonder what her nexus event was and, and we're never really going to figure it out maybe it's because she was going to go and be good and we know that really what was i think i don't i think it was mobius who said that loki's purpose is to make other people better or you know something to that effect or whatever so this sylvie would never have brought the avengers together you know so and that would have ultimately led i guess the thanos winning or something i i don't know but um so maybe that was her uh, uh, nexus event. Maybe it would, it could have just been that she, yeah, decided to represent, you know, uh, as female. I, I don't know. And, and I don't think they'll go that route. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, but I do agree that there is that uh, window in time where the event had to be then or recently before or recently after. Uh, but it's also worth remembering here that uh, yes, they, they happen in real time, but that's so nebulous because they jump around time. And these are immortal beings. Loki, 2012 Loki is thousands of years old. How old is Sylvie? We don't, they never really explained that. She could just be 30 something, or she could be, you know, 5,000 years old. And, and she's been playing with uh, the TVA for all this time. So I don't know what other adventures she's had, but um, yeah, I, I just I just think that there's a, uh, the concept that she's a you know a baby a baby loki is also some another direction that they could explore or the concept that she's like a a super old loki because that goes back to classic loki to get to physically look the age he looks unless that's his choice uh he would have to be like you know odin age um which is you know also thousands of years even older than that so i don't know i think there's a lot that they just kind of they ignore and they just let us come up with our own answers on podcasts like this and, <laughs> and conventions. You know? yeah. But the character herself is, I hope she's in, uh, I know maybe she probably won't be, she probably just won't show up until Loki season two, but man, I would love to see her against Dr. Strange. I would love to see her in, um, in that. I don't care about Spider-Man or Ant-Man or anything like that, but I don't know why, but I think the chemistry of her and Bendit Cumberbatch would be phenomenal. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting, yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to see. Um, yeah, and of course, we got to talk about the other Loki variants. Um, I think we'll just take them as an umbrella since they only really appear in one episode. I've already mentioned Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. Oh my God, absolutely. I know everybody's talking about Crocky or whatever you want to pronounce it as. It's a fun joke, you know, but to me, it's like there's no nothing really there beyond the visual of it and just the sort of like, oh my God, like how did that happen? You know, it's like kind of interesting to ponder, but there's not really a character there. Um, but even the thing of like 
oh, like, what was your Nexus event? Like, to the kid Loki. And it's like, I killed Thor. And just the way that Loki's just like, oh, man. Like, I could have done that, you know? It's like, it didn't happen, you know? And so I really like that. I'm really more curious, though, about the president Loki. I'm like, I want to know the backstory on that one because that actually um sounds fun and i would have loved to have seen what in the world was going on there um but uh but yeah so ali what do you think about the variants that we saw um i so i am a huge young avengers fan so every time one of these shows introduces another character who appears in young avengers i'm very excited so i might have screamed <laughs> kid loki <laughs> We almost have them all, Ellie. Where they're almost all there. I know we're so close. We're, <laughs> we're so, so close. close to a full set. <sighs> but yeah, I I absolutely screamed when those when we saw the the all of the variants. Um, yeah, I thought the these variants were really expertly chosen. The idea of having a classic Loki who has lived longer and like has more wisdom and can actually and who lived a very similar life to our prime Loki is great. I think that's that's exactly what was needed. And like, if that had happened earlier, I would buy that someone talking to him about it would have changed him. But obviously that needed to happen late in the story. So, you know, can't move that around. But, but like hearing him talk about it, I feel like was a way to cement that these things really happened for, for Loki. And um, Kid Loki, great love it love this very different take you know this harder take and like he he seems to regret killing thor which is like if the if loki had ever succeeded in killing thor i think he would have regretted it so you know it is like this opportunity to showcase that i I, I, i'm just curious because i didn't get that at all but you've seen it far more times than me what makes you think that he regretted it the way he says it angrily he doesn't say it like he won this magnificent battle and he's so proud of it. He says it angry. He says, Mm. I killed Thor. And it's just, it sounds like the regret of his life. Interesting, because I took it as posturing. So that's interesting. I I did not take that as regret at all. But he says how- I read it as almost like an accident that like, you know, he tried to turn into a snake and he knew I love snakes. So he stabbed me. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I took it was that it had, something had gone horribly wrong. It, it might have been, but he does later on throw out that line about something like we're not allowed to learn. We're not allowed to grow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which whether he killed Loki, killed Thor on purpose or not. Um, I also agree that he regretted it. Yeah. And I love the alligator. And I will say, I will call him Crokey. However, it's definitely an alligator, not a crocodile. My, my wife was screaming about that as well. So yes, I, I understand. She didn't live in Florida, but she is an animal planet, like, you know, devotee. So like anything about animals, she's all about and wants everyone to get it right. Um, but anyway, all right. So yeah, Corey, what do you think about the variants? I really liked them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Ali. I do think that Kid Loki definitely didn't didn't either regrets what he had done, or I got the impression that it maybe I felt like it maybe just wasn't on purpose. But I don't know. Like you, you don't know exactly what happened. But maybe that's just my reading into it. I really like Old Man Loki. He was the standout for me out of all of them. I think just because 
Oh, I love the idea of just this, like, I've done all these things. And at the end of everything, I was just lonely. And that's, that's what was my downfall. But still love strutting around in that costume. Oh, God. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. Makes it look did, good. Did you yeah. see his posting about it and talking about, like, how his dad, like, thought that, like, him becoming an actor was ridiculous. And he's like, if only you could see me now. You know? I'm the most ridiculous I have ever been today. Yeah. He... I think he was my favorite variant, but I think we got to spend a lot more time with him. So that might be why, because I, like alligator Loki's funny. It's a good joke, but the, the Thor Loki that we got to see for like five minutes, I was like, tell me more, like, tell me more about your posturing and all these things that you say that you have done. How much of this is true? What actually happened? Cause I felt like that was a really interesting character that I'm sad we didn't, I, I appreciate what they did with him, but I really would have liked to have seen more with that character. I think, again, I think that they were very well chosen. I'm with you guys on that. I think that they did a really good job being like, how would we want to see other Lokis? What are you most interested in seeing? And all these different stages of who he is. And I, yeah, I really liked it. I thought they were fun. Yeah, the idea that Richard E. Grant, like, apparently, like, has come to the zenith of his career by playing a comic book accurate version of Loki <laughs> is, like, my favorite part of that. Like, forget how funny, you know, Crocky is. Richard E. Grant, loving oh, yeah. it. Loving it. Like, to me, like, the on the meta level and on the performance level, we're both like, oh, my God, this is so great. Because not only is it a great performance, the fact that he clearly is having a ball. It's so good. And so, yeah, I, I love everything about that. Um, but Ryan, what do you feel? How do you feel about the variants? You know, it's kind of like, um, uh, I don't know why, but but when you were talking about Richard E. Grant coming to the zenith of his career or whatever, it's like when Kanye discovered Paul McCartney, right? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I feel like they all served a purpose. Um, and yes, I would love to know more about Boastful Loki with it starting around with that hammer and everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, classic Loki, he and, and they hinted at this more than once in the series that Loki may be a lot more powerful than he even realizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I mean, classic Loki raised Asgard up. I get he's alone on this planet for who knows how long. I'm sure he recreated Asgard and you know to rule all by himself. Um, and and uh, so th that's what he did, and then he died, of course. Um, but kid loki survived so yes we're most likely getting him again in, in some other form boastful loki who knows he may have maybe president loki he and president loki killed each other i don't know but i would love to see one-handed president loki again i would be fine about that <laughs> um however as much as i loved uh loki gator i feel they missed an opportunity here to do uh loki the duck and that <laughs> would have been <laughs> That's what they should have done. <laughs> and Ryan brought it all back to Howard the Duck again. Because job, it always Ryan. comes back to I, I didn't think you could do it this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, Sylvia is obviously the standout. And all the others, uh, mm -hmm. um, they're fun. They're, they're scene stealers. But the Loki's always a scene stealer in whatever form he's in. You know, mm. uh, There was a couple. What was it, like Ogre? Loki that they, that Mobius showed like the quick glimpse of I would have liked to have seen more of him. You know, like, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they did a lot of teases and a lot of like, yeah. you know, quick things. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what else, you know, comes out. Cause again, we're getting a season two and now the multiverse is freely accessible. I am sure we are going to see many, many variants of Loki to come. I, I am glad that President Loki was played by Tom Hiddleston, though. Uh, it seemed like for a second there, they were going with all the all the Lokis, all the variants were different actors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really jive with the fact that 2012 Loki is looks just like uh, Ragnarok Loki. So I, I think maybe we should have had a few more Tom Hiddleston uh, Lokis. Yeah, I mean, around. I think it has to do with the closeness of the divergence. And if it was further back, like they might have just chosen a different form that they wanted to wear. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of what they were going for but um yeah um so uh the ending of course uh he who remains slash immortus which here's the thing about kang so in the (laughs) comics kang was sort of introduced uh with the idea of he's the master of time and so the idea that there are variants of kang came from the idea of he doubles back on his own timeline so many times that he creates all these alternate versions of himself by interfering in his own past. Here they're coming at Kang more as a multiversal creature or being from the beginning. And the time travels just as, you know, kind of like a side to that as, so it's kind of inverted from the relationship in the comics. But the idea is that one of the potential futures for Kang is that he becomes this character called Immortus, um, who is less about conquest, but more about sort of controlling time as, as a like, all-powerful being kind of thing that doesn't have to go and actually fight anyone or anything um so that's that's kind of the character we got i mean he looks like he doesn't have the sort of crazy helmet that king wears and you know he's he he looks kind of like the guy that that we got there at the end um but the idea of because all right and the other thing that i kind of want to talk about with the ending besides he who remains and sort of the performance is also you know did anyone call that as the, I think that comic readers kind of saw that as sort of the prime, you know, ending point, but at the same time, there's also this sort of thing of the series is called Loki. Wouldn't it, you know, be interesting if it was a Loki, you know, controlling everything. And then we get back to misdirection and we get back to, you know, because I always knew Kang was coming, but I thought that it might be possible that Loki, there was another Loki controlling everything. And that's why he was so keen on always pruning all the Lokis because they talked about, we're sent after Lokis way more than anything else. Um, you know, because, you know, as Loki is an egomaniac, of course he wants to prune, you know, other Lokis. And, and sort of the idea of then at, once he's gotten done away with, then Kang would appear. Um, but yeah, so I'm just kind of curious how people felt about the ending and how they felt about the performance, you know, uh, with He Who Remains. So kind of two separate things but tying them together um so let's start with you on this one Allie um Jonathan Majors devoured all of the scenery (laughs) and and I'm okay with that um that was a lot of explaining though and Mm -hmm. so I understand anyone who has a complaint about the last episode because it is a lot of exposition um but he did a phenomenal job with the amount of exposition. And part of it was how physical he got in the performance, Um, like the climbing on the desk and, you know, constantly futzing with the apple or whatever his little temp pad is. And, you know, there was constant movement and he did so much vocal range uh, with his performance that it really worked. So I didn't have any problems, like, 
when I watched it the first time, I didn't really notice that there was so much exposition. Like I kind of, at some point, like three quarters in, I was like, wow, there's been a lot of talking. <laughs> like it took me a long time to realize how much talking there had been. Rewatches have been a little bit harder because I'm like, okay, I, I know that part. <laughs> and so it, there's not as much to like glom onto except for like maybe processing. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind that so much because his performance was so was so good um and i was 100 expecting it to be king um, so so i wasn't surprised at all um i was just nodding going like yes okay i know where we are you know so i felt like i had i had read the script <laughs> i had read king's script and i knew where we were going with this um that doesn't mean that i was was like not surprised by the choices that Loki and Sylvie made, like there were still elements that were um, exciting and, and surprising for me. So I wasn't like, just like, oh yes, I knew everything, I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing that's most frustrating to me is that he who remains is the answer to all of the continuity problems in the MCU now. <laughs> so I'm just gonna like, okay, I guess that's fine. Um, and I will say, Free will does exist. It's just that Kang has been usurping it all of this time. Yeah, no, I think that that is kind of like the the end point of the series. I think is that yeah, that's the, there is free will. It's just you did, did not exist in the MCU up until that point. Uh, Ryan, how do you feel about the ending? Uh, well, honestly, I was expecting uh, like the Defenders to show up, Daredevil and you know, Jessica Jones. No, Mephisto, Mephisto. That's <laughs> that the... was my next joke. Yeah. <laughs> Always Mephisto. Always Mephisto. Yeah. You know, people went crazy over that picture that the little kid points to in the cathedral. Like, I think it's in the first uh -huh. episode. It looks like, it's a, like devil, a devil. Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's because of the horns on Sylvie's costume. It's not meant to be Mephisto. No, no, no it's really Mephisto. That's pretending to Always be Kang. <laughs> it was Agatha all along. Okay. <laughs> Which honestly, I would have been fine with that. <laughs> yeah, they go in and it's, it's Agatha. Captain Han, hello. Hey. You're in her basement. <laughs> the end of time is her basement. <laughs> but uh, like, um, yeah, I, I was hoping for Kang, but expected a Loki to be behind mm. the source. I was like, there's no way it's gonna be Kang. They're not gonna or. <laughs> he who remains uh i didn't expect to be uh that a version of that character because mm -hmm. i just they're going to save that for a movie there's no way they're going to do that in in a disney plus series so that made me so very 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 happy um i think his performance was fantastic but i think also this is the true test because now he has to play that same character probably repeatedly different versions of and you know unless you're um tatiana from orphan black that's a tough uh that's a tough gig um yeah. so yeah um i i i hope i'm, I'm rooting for him because because when he does play kang that's got to be an entirely different vibe than he who remains that's got to be terrifying uh in a different way and honestly i think he's capable of it um like he who remains was entirely different than his character in um uh lovecraft uh, country lovecraft country thank you yeah uh so i i think he's got the range to do it i'm and i'm very much looking forward to to kang's arrival um and the fact that i they they can turn around and say no it wasn't kang kang won't show up to a quantum mania so you know fine this nitpicking but it but it works for me um 
I do feel, yes, I agree. And, and I do, anyone who wants to complain is perfectly justified that we sacrificed the last episode of the series to set up um, that villain um, or that storyline. Uh, I, I feel I honestly feel this was an instance where Feige or the powers that be said, no, 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 this is what you have to do. You know, um, do whatever you can around that. And it did give me that that scene where Loki fought Sylvie did give me the saddest line uh, that from the entire series where Loki says, you know, um, you can't you can't trust me and I can't be trusted. But, you know, imagine in Tom Hilson's voice um, <laughs> and that broke my heart because it was so true. And I feel like the entire series was encapsulated in that one line right there, that one sentence. It's like I didn't need six uh, episodes of this. We could have just had that one line and, and it all makes sense. Um, but except but yeah. that, see, if he behaved more like his 2012 sense, I would have bought that line. But because he, he feels like he could be trusted, like everything that he does ends up being on the up and up you know after that first episode so i feel like he he's he's changed as a character they brought him back up to that more ragnarok character that yeah, yeah it might seem like he's doing something a little shady but actually he ends up coming through in the end so you know i i feel like he can be trusted yeah but i mean i you know six episodes doesn't wash away you know a thousand years worth of being a, the god of mischief so i i, I yeah agree my wife you. keeps bringing up the fact <laughs> that he was going to genocide the frost giants and like we just completely yeah. like hand you. wave that away yeah. and it's just like oh no yeah. it's loki girls think he's hot so it's okay i you mean fine. phil colson is still dead somewhere or is he i don't know you know but i mean he's he's yeah. fine he's fine yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, all right so um yeah cory what do you think about that ending uh jonathan majors is a treasure after watching him in this like i really liked him in lovecraft lovecraft country which is the first time i'd see him and in this like oh he's having a great time he is having the best time and that really makes me look forward to seeing his performance in quantumania and if if they put him somewhat in doctor strange i think that's going to be a lot of fun uh i really liked it i felt like the last episode was a whole lot of the argument of faith versus fate and making choices which was kind of what you had to do for the way that you had set this show up because you couldn't end this in a big battle even though there was the fight between the two of them you you couldn't end it in in some big epic showdown you know massive armies fighting this was a, this is an inner conflict story to see where these two characters who had kind of grown together where they stand at the end and you can completely understand why sylvie makes the choice that she makes which is i'm done having faith this is what your faith in this system has done to me and done to so many other people whereas our 2012 Loki hasn't suffered as much. So he's not willing to, to do and go all out the same way she is. So I think that it's, it is a really interesting showdown between these two characters. I wish that we had had more before that point with them. You know, I wish the, I wish the series was longer. Like I don't dislike the ending. I wish we'd had more time to kind of develop some of these concepts before you had this moment at the end. But overall, I don't know how else this show could have ended, like the way that they set it up. I was not surprised that it was Kang as soon as they were like, TVA, <laughs> time. And also, just so you know, Kang's going to show up later. I was like, they're going to put him in it. And I didn't know if he was going to be a cameo at the end 
or how they were going to do it. But I was like, this is, this is what we're doing now. This is phase four. <laughs> it's Kang. Here we are. So that wasn't, I mean, if it wasn't going to be Mephisto, then it had to be Kang. So, <laughs> and they have said, basically, like I read some interviews somewhere, they're like, we, you guys have turned this into a joke. We can never put Mephisto in anything. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't surprised. I enjoyed it. I was a little disappointed in that because it's a bridge show and so i have to wait <laughs> yeah so i'm mad i have to wait because when does dr strange come out i need it right march now march of next year as long march. as the resurgence doesn't push all the movies back <laughs> yeah. you know but yeah it's that's, supposed to be march of next year that's so far and i just really need some wanda <laughs> and some loki and some and like i need it now thank you very much uh but uh, you know that's my disappointment was just waiting for the films I actually want to see to come out. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, so for me, like the last two episodes are like when the series like arrives, because it's, I still feel like a lot of the first four feels very padded and not a lot happens. Um, but, but it's the last two that I really like because, like, yeah, even though there's mm -hmm. a lot of talking in that final episode, I don't feel like it's padding because all that talking is leading somewhere. It's leading to the decision that's made at the end. And so it's like, instead of just saying, you know, free will and deception back and forth for four episodes, but none of those things actually like really get examined. In the final two, we finally get there. We finally do something about it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, even though the deception, I guess, never actually shows up other than that the timekeepers weren't real. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, that, that was great. And I think the performance was great because what we're seeing is, I mean, basically they're riffing off the X-Men animated series, which had Immortus as an insane guy at the end of time, but no one else is going to get that reference. I got it. Um, and so that's the thing. And I like that. He's insane. Like he has gone crazy. He even admits to it, I think, at one point in the conversation. So that's good. As long as he plays it differently when he's actually Kang. And that was my one worry. I was like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't play Kang as a slightly off kilter, somewhat comedic type character. I want him to be deadly earnest when he's playing Kang. And in fact, you know, with the fact that it's, they've, they've introduced the fact that there's all sorts of potential Kangs that might even make Rama Tut and some of the other things that the other characters that Kang has become in different timelines, um, you know, characters that will show up at some point. And so that is really interesting. Um, the other thing I'm going to bring up is I, I'm, I think it's interesting that they picked a, a character of color uh, to play Kang because in the comics, traditionally he is not. Um, but uh, I mean, you, can't tell because of the helmet usually but when he's taking the helmet off he is a white guy and so i like that because also like when you consider the fact that you know in one of his potential timelines he did become an egyptian pharaoh you know it's like pasty white guy as an egyptian pharaoh doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense and you know pasty white guy. <laughs> right yeah it makes a little bit more sense as a person of color so you know uh, <laughs> you know i think i think even maybe thinking ahead they were already thinking of of that <laughs> as something they were they're like yeah that's not a good look like if we ever want to use ramatut we shouldn't cast a you know a white guy um because that'll look kind of ridiculous Ridley scott <laughs> but um but yeah, and, and I like I said, I like that performance. Um, hope he plays it differently. I did like the idea because the series was called Loki. I was sort of thinking that the whole misdirection was going to turn out to be it was a Loki all along. 
at the end of the day, I don't really think that's a huge deal. Um, but I did think that that would have made kind of thematic sense um, to put that at the end. Um, but and then have Kang just sort of fill the vacuum uh, once the uh, once the you know the Loki that was controlling things got put away. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and actually, how Ravona is going to like all mix in with this is the other big question because traditionally in the comics, Ravona is Kang's lover, um, and in this in this version it doesn't seem like they even know each other yet because i was wondering all throughout it is like is ravona in on everything mm -hmm. and is, is she like hang sort of agent micromanaging everything in the tva but at the end it seems like she doesn't know like and she's kind of shocked by everything that's going on and it's just trying to go through the motions because of faith um and and then miss minutes gives her information um so it seems that immortus planned for his death and in some way is is causing Ravona to do something that he thinks is the next step. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out also. And I wouldn't be surprised in the same way that we've seen um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus show up in both Disney Plus series and movies. I wouldn't be surprised if we get little cameos of Ravona doing something in the background in movies and TV shows uh, going forward um so yeah i i that's that's the thing that i think is is going to be the most interesting to watch is what is going to be her deal uh moving forward i think it's more likely we'll see them in like the the end credit scenes and things like that right. not necessarily in the the film yeah no it's it's true i mean but we'll see because i mean i don't know that these characters like like john walker and julia louis dreyfus like even though they're Disney Plus characters now, like, will this all lead to a movie with Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts? Yeah, I think and it then they is. step into the movies. Probably. Yep. I think it'll be that's where we're going. Versus the Young Avengers. I think it's out for a little bit, but I think absolutely that's what they're setting up for. Right. I mean, yeah, it's obviously not in the next uh, couple of years, but uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what 2024 will bring because we don't know anything about, you know, what's that far out. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, we've been talking a while, but obviously there's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about. So if anyone has something that they wanted to bring up, now is the time. So uh, let's start with you, Ryan. Hmm. Um, nothing immediately comes to mind. I, I will say that my dream casting for Kang was Giancarlo uh, Esposito, but mm. this uh, <laughs> this does the job. Um, I, or at least I think it will. We'll see. But I, I feel like the, this could uh, this could still work. Yeah, but um, see, but see, I'm playing the. I know I want Giancarlo Esposito, but who do I want him as? Because it's like uh, <laughs> Kang, Magneto, Doom, like any of the well, big heavy hitter villains. Right. I I want Giancarlo Esposito as one of them. And and this was like when when I before there was casting announcements and i said who do i want to play king this guy who do i want this guy to play king now yeah he can i'm gene carlo can play i can probably think of several other characters easily for him to play doom might be an interesting one but uh definitely king was my first he was my first choice for mm. king. um but yeah i'm i'm fine with it um my my uh i guess if i had any last thoughts about the series it would just be that um it's a good series. I, I, of the thus far of the Disney Plus series, it's my third favorite. Um, it's still, but it's, it's a Marvel show. It's quality. It's good. I enjoyed it, but um, I, nothing wrong with it. I will be. I watched every episode the day they came out, and I'll do the same with season two. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, but I do feel like 
it lacked a little something that WandaVision and uh, 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 the Falcon and Winter Soldier did. I think maybe it just was tried to do too much in too little amount of time. And I don't think that's necessarily a failing of, uh, of the writers or the actors or anything like that so much as just uh, the, what they, they basically, they were told, hey, you got to clean up all the loose ends from Endgame and set up phase four and do all this. Oh, and by the way, go ahead and develop some characters while you're at it. And so it just felt like, uh, you know, they did the best they could, which was still great, but, you know. Yeah, there's this sort of thought, which again, it comes from like, you know, rumor sites more than, uh, you know, like actual like people from Marvel commenting on the record. But there's this sort of thought that, you know, because Magneto's origin as a Romani person who was in a as it was in a concentration camp as, uh, you know, is, is kind of dated. I mean, the movies turned him into a Jewish person. Either way, he was in a concentration camp. You know, it's kind of dated and kind of hard to say, like, well, how is he still alive? You know, now um, that they might actually have a person of color playing Magneto and that's why I'm jumping all over the idea of Giancarlo Esposito as Magneto because oh my god that man when he <laughs> ever plays an angry character oh my god <laughs> that is one of the few actors that I just feel like the performance is just so okay. good that it's just like rivets me to my seat Fine. and so yeah I, I I and Magneto being one of my favorite Marvel I, characters ever I I would love him to be Magneto I will only accept Giancarlo Esposito as Magneto if we get Brian Cranston as Professor Xavier <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> All right, moving right along. All right, Corey, uh, any, anything you want to bring up that we haven't talked about with Loki? Um, I think uh, kind of the question that I have is that do you think that we'll see in, Sylvie, uh, in Sylvie's next incarnation, you think we'll see her take the mantle of Enchantress officially or not? Because it's, it's pretty much what she is. Like, you know, let, let's be honest. And with her magic, with everything, do you think that she'll abandon altogether this idea of being Loki and give herself a new title? I still think that they're going to hold back the idea of revealing another character as the actual quote unquote, the enchantress. Um, Cause Sylvie is actually a character from the comics, although a very minor one. Um, I actually didn't even know about her. I actually read up about this later, um, but not anywhere near the origin that they gave to, to Sylvie in this. So I don't know. I think, I think there still might, cause Amora, it, even though Sylvie has the enchanting powers, Amora is such a different character. Like I, I, I just, I just would rather they held back and actually, if they were ever going to do the Enchantress, do someone who's closer to the character in the comics. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's was sort of my question. And yeah, overall, like last thoughts is that this isn't my favorite of the Disney Plus shows so far, but I really liked it, and I liked it in a different way than I thought I was going to. Because again, I also went into this thinking wacky time travel hijinks. And what I got was this very slow burn show about what is your purpose, what is, you know, fate versus faith versus free will, and a lot of kind of heavier topics that I wasn't expecting from a Loki show. And I'm, I'm not mad about that. Like, I'm, I'm fine with it at the end. Like, I think it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I not my favorite, but still good. All right, Nally. Yeah, not my favorite, but still good is is probably a good summation because uh, it is. But I my was third... vilified for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it is and rightly it is so. Also... <laughs> it is also my third favorite. <laughs> but, but you know, it's just 
it is what it is in in like it's one of those things that it does speak to me personally in a lot of ways um but it doesn't hit the buttons quite the way that i want them to um not the way like falcon and the winter soldier did by showcasing mental health i really liked that um also anything that gives me uh superheroes in their downtime just building boats i want more of that (laughs) just an entire show that's just that um but for loki like one of the things that i liked the best about it was how it did showcase manipulation uh because the entire end sequence even though we're getting a lot of exposition there is this very deft sleight of hand going on with the way uh, he who remains is talking to Sylvie and Loki about each other. And so any sort of alliance they had formed, he very slowly dismantled. Um, he would say, you know, like, we're the villains pointing at Loki as he's saying this to both of them. And, you know, he continued in that same vein, really reinforcing you cannot trust him. And, you know, he completely arranged everything. And so that's that's how we know, yes, he did arrange everything. <laughs> it's very clear in that end scene. So like, even though we are told he arranged everything, we are also shown it in that scene pr- precisely, which is one of the strengths of the, of this, of the whole season really, is when they actually back up all of the exposition with visual scenes that are that are demonstrating what's going on um and i just wish that they had done that more consistently throughout overall um but that particular scene i thought was really well done and that was one of the things that was the most interesting um was watching the loki and sylvie first come together and trust each other even if it was somewhat reluctantly and then how it all fell apart. <laughs> and um, I'll be interested to see where that goes in, in whatever future they take. Because of course, of course, I'm sure Loki and Sylvie will be reunited at some point. And it'll be interesting to see how these circumstances have changed them. Obviously, it's the third favorite for me too, because I already said that. <laughs> I identify a lot more strongly with like uh, WandaVision and, you know, as as a series that really explores grief. And like you mentioned about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the, the sort of char- chemistry between the characters, but also the seeing their downtime, you know, I really loved as well as the sort of overall message of the show and about you know, bringing a person of color in as Captain America and about dealing with the fact that this isn't easy. It isn't just like, oh, Sam puts on the Captain America costume and then everybody's like, great, we've done it. You know, fantastic. It's like, you know, we go through the fact that, you know, like this is this is going to draw a lot of attention, a lot of negative attention, and it's going to be a very hard path and all that. And I really love all that. And I didn't feel like there was really much in Loki that I, identified with and that I you know felt was like an emotional hook that really like brought me into it um but but I mean I guess the thing that we haven't talked about that is I guess something we should at least bring up is Miss Minutes you know which is you know like it was sort of like their fun little animated character they did kind of hint there might be something more to her um 
I didn't particularly care for Tara Strong's Southern accent, but you know, what are you going to do? But yeah, I didn't feel as strongly about the character as other people do. But since Miss Minutes is all over the internet and everybody's like, oh my God, I love Miss Minutes. I thought like, I should at least mention her, uh, you know, (laughs) that this was a thing on there. So I'm just kind of curious, really quick, really quick. uh, Like, what do you guys think of Miss Minutes? What is she? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of both she's a little bit of both yeah. <laughs> yeah. no idea what she is and she can apparently time travel without anything and but she needs a visual representation to show that she's looking for files um, <laughs> oh i just thought that she was like a computer program that just goes from like there's some sort of just in the same way they can actually step through time that there's some sort of transmitter that she just her AI just like went to the Citadel at the end of time. I didn't think that there was like anything really special there about but that. She can jump into computers and jump out of computers and you can interact with her physically. And I have so many questions. <laughs> How is she not magic? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you consider the fact that this takes place throughout all of time, millions of years in the future what kind of tech will be available i mean so you know that's kind of retro futuristic tech obviously right, exactly. yes. so we can create like 1950s and mm-hmm. in, you know informational video style <laughs> with our advanced yeah. super ai well i mean she's clearly the constant at the tva right yeah so she's the one doing all the mind wiping she's I the guess one so, yeah. doing uh setting everything up uh also she has 16 ticks on her in- instead of a uh, 12 which oh. is very bizarre ah, yeah. i didn't notice that yeah mm. that's kind of odd but um what i would really love to see is tara strong show up with king like the actual actress like <laughs> playing a different role you know uh i think that would be hilarious uh just let's keep that going different variations of miss minutes be it human or holographic but if she's doing like like she she can't physically touch anyone though so you're saying she's the one doing the mind wiping so how is she like grabbing people and putting them wherever they need to be mind wiped maybe she's directing others or maybe she's can physically manifest herself or or maybe they do it through the machine that loki had to walk through to determine if he was a a, an android you know a synthetic being or whatever it's just randomized you know every fifth one gets my way she jumped out of the way when loki tried Uh, to swatter and she actually when she jumped on the keyboard the keyboard made a noise so she can apparently interact with our physical world Hmm. I'm it's, very confused by her. I, I just awesome. thought she was the magical AI, like that they, she was some blend of tech, <laughs> like she was some blend of tech, technology and magic together. And somehow, whether or not it's a physical representation, it was vague on purpose. So I, I hope that they're saving her for the second season to explore her. But yeah, I felt like she could interact with the the physical world, but wasn't quite present. So maybe. Like, I think I like the idea of a constant, like she is both within time and outside of time. Mm -hmm. So is she an actual constant in the TVA where she just exists at all times? It's, I mean, it's it's also worth mentioning. I mean, maybe it's a throwaway line, but Mobius did say that 
nightmare was a different department. Yes. So, you know, maybe Miss Minutes is just an apparition uh, from that department. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, I'm just thinking about Clark's law and the fact that, you know, any sufficiently advanced yeah. technology will be indistinguishable from magic. So it's like, I, that's why to me, like none of that really like matters ultimately. Yeah. And although I do, I do, I did not notice what Allie brought up. So the fact that, because I just assumed that she was a hologram when she was like floating mm -hmm. in the air and whatnot. So, um, you know, the idea that she can physically interact uh, would is interesting. So we'll just have to see if that's ever well, brought up. She thinks she can, whether or not I mean, she, she jumped out of the way. <laughs> right. Um, but but yeah, I think I think that that's, you know, a, a wrap on talking about Loki, um, at least this time. I'm Let's still see. I'm sorry. There's one more thing that we have to talk about, being that we are all Dragon Con people. <laughs> Which is how distracting was it? <laughs> Very hot. Very distracting. <laughs> That's like half the, the reason I had to watch. The carpet. Yeah. They kept the carpet. I was surprised by that. Was like, it is very brown and very like retro-y. So that makes yeah. sense. But. I constantly just was like, they're on the 10th floor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I go there frequently. It's real weird. That's the 10th floor. <laughs> but, uh, that happens to me in every movie film in Atlanta. I mean, I get kicked out for a second whenever I see the Marriott or the Hyatt or whatever, and it's, or the, even the Hilton, you know, but, um, but having so much of it filmed in the Marriott. There was so much yeah. of it in the Marriott. Yeah, yeah. Just um, think of how many of your variants at Dragon Con got pruned. Hey, I know. Just think about it like this. I mean, granted, th that scene was cut out from the trailer, but apparently the vulture from Spider-Man is a TVA agent, right? Because we <laughs> saw him falling down through, you know, uh, the Marriott. You know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't usually like make big deals about stuff like that because I realize they just have to find a location. But you know, that's. <laughs> It's what it is. All right. But um, but yeah, I still do have this idea of one day going back and watching everything in the MCU in order. So we might revisit this at some point. But that's becoming a more and more daunting task the longer that I is. let it go. Okay. So, you have to take a year we'll off see. for that one. But yeah. I do like the idea of kind of like doing that and having like people like a set group that goes with me through it so that we talk about it as it progresses. Kind of like what we're doing with Legendary Forces, Corey, with Star Wars, but you know, kind of like doing it with the MCU. So um, we'll, we'll see if I ever do that but anyway <laughs> now it's time to say goodbye and let people know where they can find you online um so let's start with you Corey. uh you can find me on both twitter and instagram under zombalicious you can also find me with you nathan on legendary forces that podcast where we talk about the star wars expanded universe i'm also on culture cryptids where I talk about horror and culture. And then also, also um, newer podcast that's coming out soon is the um, Krakoa Exports, where we talk about the new era of X-Men comics and not the 90s versions. <laughs> yeah, you know, podcasts, you just can't have, you can't have just one. Yeah, it just they keep multiplying. I don't I don't know how this happened. I just was like, I kind of want to talk about some things. And now I'm like, oh. Oh, there goes my free time. Whoops. <laughs> All right. Um, Allie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as selfwinding. Uh, and if you want to know more about my writing, or I also do freelance editing, 
Uh, you can find me at AllieMartin.com. That's A-L-L-I-M-A-R-T-I-N.com. And I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash AllieMartin, where I give uh, mostly writing support. So if you're a writer, it's a place to go. All right. And Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Well, uh, as usual, I'm never going to say goodbye, but uh, feel free to find me on geekstranger.com. Uh, if you if you know to, if you message me there, I'm sure I'll get back to you sometime in a year or three. Um, otherwise, Twitter, Geek Stranger, and Facebook is always good. It's about the place I check most regularly. Um, who knows? Things may be coming down the pipeline where I actually do brush this stuff off and get back into it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you can find me here on this fine podcast uh, semi-regularly. All right. And Ryan, Allie, and Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And that's it for our Loki episode. So what did you think? Did you like it? Do you have thoughts about this episode? Do you have thoughts about other episodes that we've done? Do you have thoughts about Marvel's whole push into the multiverse? You can let us know in a variety of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also go on either Instagram or Twitter, and we are at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. The ones on Apple Podcasts help us because they help promote the show, make us more likely to show up in searches. So if you have an Apple account and you haven't left a review yet, we'd definitely appreciate it if you would leave us a review. I also want to talk about the ESO Network Patreon. That's a way you can help support all of the shows on the network. You can find that at patreon.com slash ESO Network. You can review the tiers. You can review the perks that you get for the tiers. And if you have some money to contribute and you want to contribute, we would love to have you do that and help us out. I can also be found on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams. The other is Legendary Forces. Time Streams is my friend Juliet and I going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. Legendary Forces is Juliet and I plus Joe, Ashley, and Corey. We're going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So that's everything that takes place in the Star Wars universe, but not anything about the Star Wars universe. So no documentaries, no fanzines, magazines about Star Wars. It's just the stuff that takes place in the universe. So you can check those out on all the same places that you find the 42 cast. And this year you can find me at Fan Expo Chicago in July, and you'll find me at Chicago TARDIS in November. So if you want to say hi, and if you're going to either of those two events, just look out for the crazy guy with a 42Cast t-shirt or handing out 42Cast business cards, or in some way, if you see 42Cast, it's probably me. So check that out. And at Chicago TARDIS, I'll be doing panels too, so you're more likely to know that it's me because you'll hear me talking. And you'll hear me talking about the 42 cast and I'll have lots of business cards and all that kind of stuff. Fan Expo Chicago, still not sure about my status there and exactly what I'll be participating in, but I always do panels at Chicago TARDIS, so that's definitely not going to change. And so with that, we're done for this week. Join us back next week when Jennifer Connolly will not be joining us. Yes, this is the one that I referenced weeks ago that we didn't get to because we moved the Batman one into its slot. But we're now going to get to it next week. So until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? 
contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. And now for some outtakes. The article that I'm writing currently is on Loki. Because mm. I was like, oh, I'll just like two birds. I'll have to rewatch it anyway. Oh my gosh, it's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I do feel like they didn't really think things through that well when they were doing Endgame. And like really oh, no, through their whole know. time travel process and, and what was going to mean. And well, I do think that they might have had inklings of what they were going to do with Loki because they probably had some inklings about Disney Plus and what they were going to do. But we we forget how far in advance that was all written. Like Endgame yeah. was written like four years, three or four years before it actually got like was like released, you know, like or at least in its early stages. So, I mean, it's like a lot of that stuff, I think probably was in there before they knew for sure they were going to be able to do tv shows on disney plus and all of that kind of stuff so yeah i i'm not sure it's as planned as ryan would like to think it is I part of the so. problem is definitely um writers and directors talking about the show the movies afterwards and disagreeing yes and and then trying to explain things and they need to stop. Yeah, because Feige <laughs> explained it the way I interpreted Endgame, which was that they were creating multiple realities as they traveled through time. But mm-hmm. then the Russos said, no, this is all one timeline and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, because that this is where Ryan and my argument started was, you know, I was like, yeah, like that's, that's what I got from the thing is that they were creating alternate timelines and, you know, and, and Feige agrees with me. And then Ryan's like, oh, but the Russo's say this and this is what I think is that. It's just like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. The time travel in Endgame doesn't work. There, yeah. I said it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was so like, I left that movie and I was like, I am, I'm so disappointed. I mean, I enjoyed it. And like, I'm not one of those people like most, like, like most franchises, one movie is not going to ruin my whole life. And Mm -hmm. I don't suddenly hate everything. And I'm not going to burn. I don't have any action figures that if I did, I'm not going to burn them. But 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 I was just like, but the thing that hurts me is that it was the culmination of the storyline that they had been building from the beginning and i felt like yeah there's a lot of emotional beats they wanted to put in all this stuff where you feel good about these emotional beats but because the story that got you to those emotional beats had such big problems with it i found it hard to appreciate the movie and have that rah-rah feeling at the end of it because i felt like it didn't make any sense and and that hurt I'm yeah. still mad about Peggy Carter and Cap. I'm still mad about that. Like, I am so, like, you, I, uh, I get mad. And, like, it's not because, like, look, okay. It's not because, like, yeah, there's some small part of the fandom of me that's, like, Stucky, it's so great, awesome. Mm-hmm. Only in the movies, only in the movies. Like, I'm just saying. But it it derails, Car- like, it derails Peggy Carter yep. for him to go back in time and suddenly just be like, but now your life is mine because I have chosen to go, I, like, I get I get real ragey about it and like I, I don't, hate there, it there are, there are so multiple much. problems yeah, there are multiple it, problems because uh, I, I I don't see a Steve Rogers who's accepted that he's now living in this time to just like sort of give up sit and back just be and do like, nothing right yeah, sit they, back and do they nothing should have 
like they should have had, and I hate this because I love Steve Rogers. They should have had him and Iron Man both die in the final confrontation. The only way they could have had, the only way they both could have used the the stones together was using it together, and it could it should have killed them both. And that would have been a much, I think, a better send off for both characters if you knew that they were done. And they were done. And I understand they needed to write them out. If you needed to write them out, have them both be done together because they were like the two, you know, and they were at odds. Forces. Yeah, it would be them pulling it together finally. And like, yeah, thematically, yeah. it makes so much more sense. But like redoing this whole like Peggy Carter's back story and all of her stuff, like it doesn't work for me. And, and see, if it, I, I would have accepted it. I would have accepted it if he went back and created a new timeline, which is separate mm-hmm. from their time, because that, that means yeah. that Peggy Carter in the past of our timeline still had her whole life, but now he's created this other... T- I mean, it still is a problem that I didn't feel like he would be the kind of person to just retire, but at he, least in the past, he would be able to like defeat Hydra before like, anyone knew that Hydra had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. He would be like, aha, I know what's going to happen, and he would fix all if, that, but because of the way they made it, you can't and, yeah. change anything... Like, if he could like, go back and save Bucky, if he could go back and like, right. I mean, and like not even like, yeah, shipping aside, Bucky's like his BFF. Do you yes. think that like he would like have left him to be like suffer under the hands of like Hydra? He would have left all these people to be like injured and hurt because Hydra mm-hmm. infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D.? That's not something that Steve Rogers would let himself do. And you guys have written this scenario that that is exactly what he does. You have ruined Steve Rogers and I am mad about it. Right, he has to just sit back, <laughs> let Hydra infiltrate <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. He's gonna let Bucky be like turned into the Winter Soldier. He's gonna let all the bad stuff that he knows is going to happen you know, he's just a house husband? Is he just house husband? That's, right. Is that what you are? I, I hate it so much. You and kissed like, your for- niece. Your niece kissed you. How does that work? I need answers. I hate it for all the same reasons you have just brought up. <laughs> like every single one. I have so one. many problems check, with check, it. Check. Yeah. So here's here's an interesting thing because now we have the TVA. Right. He should have been pruned. Yeah. <laughs> Not, but if it's the sacred timeline, that's the right. Because they said like things that happen because the He Who Remains says that it's okay for them to happen is okay. Because like Loki right. even said like the Avengers should have been like uh, punished so, for doing this that caused me to be a variant. So the interesting my- thing is that means Kang needed Tony and Steve out of the way, and this is how he got them out of the way because this is. One in 14 million Tony dies, and it's the one that they win. That seems suspicious. I, so I think I think ultimately Kang needed the two of them out of the way. Or so did he I, need Thanos out of the way? And this is the only way he could get Thanos out of the way. I think he needed Iron Man and mm-hmm. Captain America, Steve's Captain America. I yeah. Mean, not, not to diminish Sam because he no. was, but like I think he needed them out of the way. And, and so this is an arrangement of that um but also like there's still a possibility of pruning them later because sam needed to be given the shield yeah <laughs> so i was like hmm he could have been pruned like after that <laughs> and that's kind of my question with loki is that now that now that kang this version of kang is dead and all the timelines start branching again does that mean that everything in endgame actually happened with all of the timelines branching is it an actual multiverse even that far back? Because the TVA exists outside of time. So does this retroactively make them all different? It should. I mean, it that's should. my point. It should. Yeah. If, the, if it's going to make any sense. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, another thing with the, um, the 
everything that the Avenger, the, the Avengers did is sacred timeline canon, that means that Loki was supposed to steal the Tesseract because they would not have had to go back to 1970 if he had not stolen the Tesseract. So it's not that he stole the Tesseract that is the problem. It's that he left with it. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it's like so he weird. wanted he wanted the Avengers to go through the motions they went through, but without it changing anything else. And so that's why he then pr- it's like, oh, well, that that timeline's got to be pruned because yes. it changed other things as a consequence of their actions. And I didn't want that to happen. So, but, so this is, a, again, with the how the heck did these charges work? Because they they set the charges in the Gobi Desert. So does it do the whole world? Does That's it, what it like, has to. It has to reset the entire world back from the point of the event. Yeah. So like it, it, but it there was one, li- and I'm trying to Very remember what confusing. it was, but there was something that made it seem like it was also limited to a certain spatial dimension right. also. And yeah. so that's why I was like, did another team have to show up in New York and also that's... do a charge to like reset that part too? And but so how like, did they it... ever fix all of what was wrong in 2012? <laughs> 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 because like, like Hydra thinks Steve is one of them. Steve knows Bucky's alive. <laughs> like, like, there's so much Captain America that's gone wrong. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, if Steve knows Bucky's alive, how could, I mean, like, Winter Soldier has to happen faster. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it, it doesn't, if it's not a multiverse, so many, it doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it's also, like, like, with the fact that he pops back off and he's, like, an old, like, the thing is that it can't be a multiverse in that movie because he doesn't reappear on the stand. He pops over, he's sitting on that, like, bench over there mm-hmm. and he's just like no i just had the here's the shield just brought it back to you and i'm like i hate this i hate all of this i'm so mad i was so mad in the theater i was so mad but see i just assumed he crossed universes before he walked over to that bench and sat down so I like guess, that, but it's the- dumb <laughs> no i'll dumb. agree with you on that i did not like that as the ending yeah. point for steve and i mean i like the fact that he gave the the shield to yeah. sam but if he had died it still could have done that where he's it, yeah, he gives he the shield to sam you know yes. and like i yeah. i was a little concerned when they passed the shield to sam just because like i felt like they hadn't done enough with sam yet so which is why i was like they're doing a tv show i'm like oh perfect okay good like i'm ready because i didn't know right if- but there were so many fangirls that wanted it to be bucky and i was like you cannot make it bucky because of so- just how broken and, and steeped in blood he is I, I love i love bucky cap like yeah I am, bucky cap's great i am I, just i adore him but yeah. also yes like also in this moment we absolutely need a black captain america yes like, i am 100 with you i, I yeah. feel like where he is in the mcu it just does not make any sense like because i agree he's therapy. not ready he's an it. adult i mean no <laughs> In the comics, he had so like much. been back from being the Winter yeah. Soldier for a much longer period yeah. before well, he and became. He's, he's magically fixed by the Cosmic Cube versus having mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so much trauma. I, um, I appreciate I really need, what they did, but yeah. I, I need to I, go, I, but oh. Corey, we should talk Stucky. Anytime, girl. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you for it. Like it. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.